and welcome back to the PC Master Race podcast. This is episode 49, and yes, this isn't Dakota, this is Jones, and it's really awkward doing the intro. Uh, <laughs> what we're going to be talking today, uh, what we're going to be talking about today is Valve. We're doing another developer deep dive into Valve. So this should be pretty exciting. The but love-hate as... relationship between all of us and Valve is as deep <laughs> as most relationships, I would say. As I, as I just said a second ago, this is Jones, and I am here with... John. And Dakota. And basically, uh, obviously, we've done a developer deep dive before. We did one uh, like a month and a half ago or so. About that. Uh, uh, on, uh, there's Bioware. some garbage company we we're talking about. Oh, that's what it was. It's Bioware. Sorry, I forgot. Uh, I usually, you know, you know how like your computer has a recycle bin? Whenever like there's just too much garbage in your computer, you just empty that. Yeah, that's basically what happened with that episode. <laughs> Did you guys hear they're making another Mass Effect? Yeah, and I literally, saw that. it was just like it literally just said like Mass Effect. It's still a thing, basically. <laughs> do you do you, remember, do you remember? I'm sure you've seen the. I'm sure you've seen like the meme where uh, it's like all the people ready ready for like the new Smash Brothers like reveal. Oh yeah, it's like all the little they did that for Mass Effect, and somebody put that in there, and they're all like screaming. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> And then there's like the four bi- the four Bioware employees are like, yay. It's so depressing when your game launch is basically, hey guys, we didn't kill this franchise. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the thing that's crazy about that, it's like everyone's like, oh, we're so excited about a new Mass Effect. I'm like, why? Literally the last Mass Effect that came out was Andromeda. The last two episode. Mass Effects were garbage. Yeah. I mean, that may be debatable for people who like Mass Effect 3, but like almost objectively, the first version it- of it before the DLC was garbage. So I played that one, and it, yeah, it, what an ending. What's, what, what's crazy is that, like, I, do, do company like, big companies just think that they continue to get away with stuff like this because, literally, they just put out a logo that said Mass Effect, and people are, like, freaking out about it. It's the same thing with Bethesda just putting Elder Scrolls 6. Everybody's yeah. like, uh, no, no crap you're making another Elder Scrolls. Like, look how much money you made from Skyrim. Obviously, you're going to make another game. Yeah. Duh. I think I, with was, Mass Effect, oh, so much hype. With Math, Mass Effect, it's probably a little bit different because the last one was <laughs> so bad, and they they <laughs> they're like, actually had to tell us, "Hey guys, we didn't kill the franchise." <laughs> and yeah, see, we're like, gonna try. With, with the Mass Effect Andromeda, I've wanted to get it because it goes on sale for like nothing, yeah, yeah. all the time, and it's like, man, I really mm-hmm. want to try it because I've heard it's okay, but the game's mm-hmm. long. Like it's a pretty yeah. long game it's like man do i really want to play a game that that that's that long if it's just okay and i have no interest in like the interest i have is bare very very small amount like i can answer that for you it's not even <laughs> worth a dollar <laughs> okay this this the thing is that whenever they start they show gameplay of the new mass effect they're like all right so there's these new things called javelins that you get into <laughs> and that's how you control commander shepherd <laughs> it's like the Madden thing where they forget to take out like the 19 for the 20. It says Anthem on the title screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. Uh, Mass Effect Anthem. Yeah. That's the that's the other word. Yeah. So anyways, uh, basically, this is going to be another developer deep dive on Valve. And I figure that this is appropriate since we're getting we're kind of in the holiday season. Christmas is right around the corner. We're kind and of we're in the holiday season. <laughs> kind of, just a little yeah. bit. We're like dead smack in the middle of it. And um what else other to talk about than basically our, uh, you know, Lord and Savior, Gaben, and our uh, and all of his, you know, gloriousness and his follies that have happened over the years. <laughs> what so are you talking about? I didn't. He's done nothing yeah, wrong. He's done absolutely nothing wrong. I'm just waiting for like the Valve PD, like kick open my door. <laughs> and, like just arrest that man. 
Guards. But before we jump into all of that, uh, what have you guys been playing? Or I can go first because it's... (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) It's really... Okay. Uh, I haven't been playing anything. And basically, everyone is pretty much going to be talking about Cyberpunk. I've downloaded several different things. The only thing of interest that we've even tried to play is Team Fortress 2 with like people in the Discord. And that was a... (laughs) <laughs> that was a train wreck They're but uh so bad. we are supposed to play again we're trying to play like in-house because all of us are such noobs that it would like actually probably be fun it'd be more entertaining playing with just people that don't know what they're doing playing team fortress it's kind of like the excuse that people use when a game comes out that's objectively bad but they're like oh no it's fun with friends I'm like yeah anything is fun with friends yeah well i feel the same way about team fortress 2 as i feel about like going back and playing like battlefield three or even like titanfall two it's like there's still a community but it's pretty niche and it's like a tight-knit community so oh, the people right. that are still the people that are still playing the game and especially since steam fortress 2 has like unique items that have like different stats and stuff yeah like pay to win basically thanks valve getting to that later yeah. um since they have uh these different items and stuff that basically make your characters like i don't know i would say unbalanced because i doubt they're doing anything to balance it anymore but the people that are still playing Team Fortress 2 are the people that have been playing for 15 years. So, like, right, yeah. you go into a server and you're just getting dominated. It's like, hey, I get it. When you go play a new game, you're not. I'm not expecting, like, to win at my first round. I get it. But it's like, I'm also not a complete scrub where I know that, you know, I know that I can shoot people if I'm playing a medic or shoot people if I'm playing a sniper. Right. Like, I'm not an idiot. Right. You know, I can shoot a rocket launcher at somebody and hopefully kill them. <laughs> but, but, yeah, that's pretty much it. Honestly, there's just been, like, going back to work after being sick and like dealing, doing a lot of podcast stuff and doing a lot of like community event stuff that were like a lot of stuff just in progress and being worked on. So like I'm not spending that much time, like actually playing games and one small note, one thing we did to lead up to the cyberpunk launch that happened uh, yesterday or two days ago, as of recording, um, was we watched all three of the John wick movies. Oh, we did. Yeah. With, 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 peeps in the discord so that was actually really entertaining and fun that was like that was actually that was actually really fun because everyone's just cracking jokes throughout the video yeah. it, was it was like going to the theaters with your friends and you have the entire yeah. theater to yourself theater. so you can just be as loud yeah. as you want and yeah. everybody Basically, was on the same page of like oh okay we've seen the movie we're just gonna like have fun while yeah. we watch it yeah it's like sitting mm-hmm. on the couch with your friends watching it basically it was awesome Basically. so you guys can go ahead that's pretty much go it. ahead I john because i have a okay. little bit to talk about Okay, so I have played two things. One is really one I want to talk about, and I think you guys agree. It's League of Legends. I Uh, Uh, I feel like I've been baited. (laughs) I'm still playing a ton of League of Legends, and that's why, like, I know I'm not, like, in there a ton, because usually when I'm playing, it's, it's one of those games where it's hard to be in, a like, a Discord full of people, because... When I'm playing, I'm usually playing with somebody else, and it's hard. We, we're talking a lot about the game, and it's not. A, it's just not great to do with the with a lot of people because one, well, it's annoying to everybody else who's not playing the game, and then two, we can't hear each other. So, um, well, if you're, I feel like the same way of like Counter Strike. If you're playing competitive, like yeah. you can't just like be in a call with someone if you're trying to like do callouts and all that because it's not fair to the other people and it's not fair to you because like, oh, I died because I couldn't hear anything. Right. Great, right. Yeah. So I apologize. Nobody knows who I am and just talk to me because I've been playing <laughs> a, a way too much League of Legends, but I'll try to get in there more and play some more stuff. But um, other than the League of Legends, uh, I have been playing Cyberpunk. But 
I will wait Crazy. for Dakota to do his stuff before I talk about that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... Because I, I know you've been playing it too, so we might as well wait for you to say it. True, that's fair, that's fair. I probably should have just started then. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, before we get into Cyberpunk, which I don't really want us to talk about it a ton, just because I don't want to no, talk not about a lot. spoilers, and I don't want to yeah. you know, consume the entire episode with Cyberpunk, but mm-hmm. I have played Doom Eternal. I played that a couple days before uh cyberpunk came out because i just wanted a game to play that game just recently launched on game pass and i have to say that has to be one of the best shooters i have ever played in my life like up there with titanfall 2 what's up i didn't know it was on game pass yeah it just recently launched on game pass so if you have game pass it's technically free i guess if you want to think of it that way it's super good did you play 2016 Mm -hmm. i beat it okay yeah i liked it i thought it was awesome it's it's doom 2016 on steroids gameplay wise uh it also has a little bit more story which i was really interested in the story for this one just because they it's a whole different lore than what the original doom games back in like the 90s and early 2000s came up with it's like a whole revamp of it it's super cool super interesting very like kind of gothic-esque inspired but like the the gunplay it's every five to ten minutes is super high adrenaline rushes for like a consistent five to ten minutes and it's just that all the time constantly Hmm. and you think you would get tired but they've paced it out so well that once you're done with one there's a little bit of calm period where you are just like kind of traversing to the next area killing a couple people on the way or killing a couple demons on the way and picking up like uh easter eggs and stuff and then you get into another match where it's like high adrenaline intensity and it's ah, so good. Very, very good game. Very impressed with it. Uh, and then good. once I've beat Doom Eternal, I jumped into Cyberpunk. I haven't played a ton, but I have played a, the first like three or four hours of it. A couple things I want to talk about about GOG because that's where I bought it. Uh, the downloads yeah. on GOG... I know uh, Jones has talked about how download speeds were pretty terrible. They fluctuated a lot for me. I had, Mm -hmm. it would go up to like 50 megabytes per second and then drop down to like 10 and then jump back up. And it was just like fluctuated all the time. Gets really cold in Poland in the winter. Yeah, I guess Mm so. (laughs) Servers are freezing. (laughs) (laughs) No, that would usually be good for them. But uh, Usually, but not if they're frozen completely. (laughs) The worst part about downloading anything on GOG, though, is that once it's done downloading, it, like, has to unpack it or something, and it just hangs Mm on 57% for, like, 5 to 10 minutes, and then all of a sudden it, like, kind of, like, finishes, whereas on Steam, when you download something and it installs it, it still gives you a progress bar. GOG doesn't do that. It just gives you a percent. Just waiting forever. Yeah, and it's... It's a really horrible user experience because I was waiting for like five or ten minutes and it was just hanging at 57% and I thought there was something wrong. I almost restarted like, it. Yeah, like, I need to redo this yeah. or what's going on? Right. So, I was not a fan of that. Um, yeah, that's, and that's, and I mean, I know I've talked about it in like way earlier episodes when I was playing Divinity. That was like, that's the, like the main thing that has kept me away from GOG. Like, I like the idea and the concept. 
But other than the fact that like I, I have a huge Steam library and it just it's one of those things where it's like it just works like it Steam, just works. Steam just works. Yeah. Steam yeah. Steam just works. So like it's not that I don't want to like support developers more or like I'm like not have games with DRM and all that. Like I totally agree with all that. But the functionality needs to catch up with their ideals for like what they want to do. Yeah. You know, like they need they need to hire with all that cyberpunk money. They need to hire some UI designers to like fix their crap. Yeah, just so if you guys aren't aware, this is a, we're recording a day after the the game launched, and yeah, it, it's already reported that they made back all of their development costs and marketing costs in one day. <laughs> yeah. Eight years That's worth insane. of development and marketing. That's, That's crazy. awesome. Yeah. So, John, do you want to well, talk about the game a little bit then? Yes. Well, I think that I think that before you start, I think their marketing team was just they tweet out every six months. Sorry, the game's delayed again. Bye. <laughs> Here's your some marketing. Creative writing and uh, printing, printing some new labels for a GameStop to use. <laughs> yeah, they're they're having to keep keep printing out new posters with new release dates. That was the most of their marketing campaign. And like, the company oh, that's pro- posting was like, oh no, delayed again, huh? The guy, the guy come walks into the office. Finally, I'm done printing out all of them. Like back to Kinkos now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So unfortunately, with uh, that release of the game, it did not launch with expectations, with the expectations that people were hoping that it would with launch with. Um, what do you mean? Like 60 FPS was oh. one. Um, unless you have a beast of a computer, then you're not going to hit that yeah um i'm running it at with the 1070 ti about like uh 40 fps yeah medium and i turned it to low and i will not play that game i will not play it on low <laughs> i refuse i refuse to play a game in 2020 on that Be- kind of, on those graphics i won't do it he's being an elitist now and <clears throat> how, how dare you that talk about consoles like that <laughs> no yeah, and even and I and I even turning the the uh, the uh, the uh, texture detail down, it didn't make mm-hmm. it a different. My my uh, FPS stayed the same. It didn't do anything. Wait, did you only turn down the textures, or did you turn down all of the graphics? Everything was low, textures to low. Yeah, and it's like and how, wait, and how many frames are you getting? Forty, like forty, fifty, something like that. It's and yeah, it sounds it's about right. Pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> so other than that, that's a pretty big that's a pretty big deal. It's a big deal for a PC for you not to at least even hit sixty. And it's not like yeah. I have a crappy computer. Like it's not that bad. I should be able to at least yeah. do that on like medium. That's what. It, yeah, and, I feel like it's just like what I'm sure Dakota will go into. It's just really unoptimized right now. Yeah, that's and the biggest problem. Other than that, there is some stuff that's bothered me about it. Like I've I've only barely played it, but um, I know there's a lot of bugs and stuff. One of the bugs is sometimes I can't pick stuff off the ground, and I found like a note on the ground, and I don't know if it was supposed to be junk or what, mm-hmm. but. It, it had writing on it and i couldn't pick it up and i was like uh, if that's something i'm that... supposed to be able to read i'm already don't want to i'm already not wanting to play the game because i'm missing something yeah that was a that was a pre-order uh dlc uh feature so uh, if you didn't pre-order you like to pick, like pick up 10 items yeah. a day off the ground and I <laughs> yeah that's you gotta you gotta swipe your credit card in your computer <laughs> to um, pick up another 10 but that kind of stuff bothers me because i i like to to explore everything, pick everything up, and if I can't pick yeah, up something, yeah. especially if it's like not junk or something, I'm just supposed to sell. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Right? Yeah, but it was a piece yeah. of paper so, and with writing on it. So I was Intr- like, it's integral to the plot as far as you're concerned. Because I read all the computers and I read all the emails on the computers in the game. Like I do that oh, kind wow. of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I uh, that that 
that kind of thing bothers me. Other than that, I really haven't had any crazy bugs, I don't think. I think I I had one where I like took my clothes off and you're still wearing underwear, but when I would go to my menu, he was naked. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's a feature not a bug. I don't know if that's a bug. That's a feature not a bug. So I just looked at the menu for a while, I was inspecting the menu. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> just making sure everything's on the up and up yeah i other than that i haven't had any big issues other than the frame rates the frame rates makes it it it's still okay to play it's not like it's horrible it's just kind of like it's disappointing it's disappointment's probably the best right? it's just disappointing that we waited so long and then we still it's not even optimized properly and, and huh? yeah you probably need to wait another i said you waited that long and you probably needed to wait another six months yeah so i'm hoping they're rolling out they rolled out another patch today on the 11th so it's yeah. like uh fixing it, a lot of quest issues yeah quest issues and so they're 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 working on it i just wish that would have been a prior and i i know i kind of figure they're like we have to release the game we can't delay it again yeah like we just can't keep on doing this we just release it and see what happens and i know like a lot of playstation 4 and xbox uh one x people are right really screwed but um yeah, there's there's other things that kind of bother me just as like an RPG player, like the the customization of the, your guy wasn't as detailed as I would have liked it to have been. And I've told a lot of people this, but like the top of the screen says uh, your looks mean everything in this city, but then the customization <laughs> options aren't even that great. Yeah, like it. Uh, yeah, you can't change your body type, but yet the NPCs that are all running around are all sorts of body types. So it just doesn't really make any sense that you can't make yourself like super yeah. overweight or make yourself super anemic it's yeah you have no sliders well, it sounds for that stupid at all. but but i like to work out so i'd like to make my guys muscular and there's even a part in the game where you pass by all these guys lifting weights and they're huge and it's like i wish i could even stop and like lift weights like you can't like grant yeah. thought you can make your guy look muscular if you right yeah 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 i forgot about that and it's i would have liked to have seen something like that just something small like that um but th- that's small stuff it's not that big of a deal I haven't seen anything game yet where it really matters all that much what I look like, but uh, like the genital stuff really wasn't every anything crazy either. It was just <laughs> I think that everyone blew it out of proportion because they were like, oh, of course, like hey, you can do this by the way. It's click, it's called clickbait, dude. Yeah, and and it just got crazy. Yeah, but then when you do it, you're like, oh, okay, whatever. I know it doesn't the, it doesn't even matter. The wiener slider, there's three <laughs> different sizes, and it's like it's like cold, uh, normal day, and then. <laughs> You took my summer heat. That's it. Summer. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's nothing special. No. This and gas station funny. rhino horn pills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's all I really wanted to say. I I'm hoping that they they they're working their butts off to get this fixed because. Oh, I, I, I mean, are. all the reviews I've heard say like reviewers are like this is this met my expectations. This is what I was wanting from the game. It just needed more time. Yeah. And not mm-hmm. for the game for. Not for the game itself or the story and all that stuff, but for the for actual technical the, parts of the game. So it could actually run correctly. Because yeah. Yeah. If, if you have a high-end card, you're fine. But Which most gonna... reviewers do. They're running like the yeah. latest yeah. graphics cards, which means they're getting 60 FPS, but they're not getting 120 FPS, which is what they're used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm waiting on that 3080 list right now, and it's not looking <laughs> good, so who knows. <laughs> I, I look today, and... I I have a friend that put me on the wait list or put himself on the wait list and got a card. So he put it in like mid-Octo- early mid-October. Wow. There's still people in like September who haven't gotten them. 
but I looked for the certain one that he did, and there's like I'm a couple hundred down the list. Okay, which isn't oh. bad. That's not terrible because that's in, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, a couple hundred cards isn't much. If they, I'm expecting yeah. them to do like a big, huge like dump of them and meet a whole bunch of these orders, but we'll see. We'll find out. Because mm. I'm I'm kind of curious see. how they work that because it's EVGA, but they sell EVGA EVGA cards at Best Buy all these other places yeah. but then they also have a queue in their website too so i don't know how they well, prioritize those it's 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 just it's just literally like best buy ordering stock basically yeah. and then fulfilling orders that's pretty much how it goes well i hope yeah. i'm hoping they so, prioritize the people on their website first you would yes, think because not. they get a higher margin when they sell through their own website yeah well and um uh santa claus right now is and the elves are working on the uh the Radeon, not Radeon, the AMD Ryzen 5000 series. Santa Claus ran out make, of a... They're not, they're not making any 30,000 huh? GPUs this, Oh, no, this NVIDIA week. is, that's, NVIDIA is going week. to Samsung. Samsung is making all of NVIDIA's chips. AMD... Oh, really? Yeah, AMD has is using TSMC, which is like the largest semiconductor business. Oh. You know I said Santa Claus, right? Samsung is close. <laughs> <laughs> that's I didn't know where that came from. I was like, I was talking about Santa Claus. Samsung headquarters was like, in the North Pole. I don't believe <laughs> But uh, fortunately, it's just Santa a rough. And the elves ran out of the silicone uh, com- yeah. <laughs> that they need. <laughs> compound they need to make the cards, so they're kind of waiting for that. Uh, gotcha. There's Santa's not a lot of sand up north. That's true. Yeah. All right. That's, that's why Anakin uh, lives there. Quick question, though, John. What uh, life path did you choose? Yeah, I sat there and looked at that screen for probably like 20 minutes. <laughs> and I was, I'm, I'm a really big person. I don't like to follow the crowd. So okay. I will play the crappy character sometimes just so I don't play every, that's the same person that everyone else plays. Um, okay. Like when we played Ion, I played the, the Ranger because nobody else was playing the Ranger. I wanted to play something different. So I knew yeah. Corpo, the corporate was a big one. And that's the one I probably would have gone with. But I knew a lot of people were doing it. And then, uh, so there's corporate, there's a uh, street kid uh, and street a kid and no bad. Yeah. So I went with street kid. So I was kind of thinking, I was like, how would I be the most popular was... one? <laughs> was it really? Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Oh crap. Anyway, black, everything I just said, was... Never... I thought everybody, I thought everybody was doing corporate. So I was like, I, I'm going to try something different. I was kind of thinking like, what would I be if I was in that world? Yeah. And I was thinking, man, uh, nomad, maybe corporate. I don't know. I felt street could be the if most If you're from Texas, you're a nomad. Yeah. Out yeah. with my truck. Um, <laughs> but I was figuring, I was like, man, if I was like in that time period, chances are you'd probably be in a gang with that, how crappy this, like the city and all that stuff. So I was like, whatever, yeah. I did that. And it was pretty cool so far. I've, I just started, I, I've only played it for like an hour and a half. Yeah. But um, it's been, it's been good so far. I do think they throw you in without telling you anything yeah and <laughs> for as many uh tutorials as they have and at how horrible they are they do not tell you anything i no, didn't know it how, tell to you tur- how to level up it doesn't tell you about any of this yeah like there's tons of skills and stuff and i was like just having to read it all myself and i was like because I, I opened my menu i was like oh i leveled up i had no clue yeah, yeah. and i figured there's all a that lot of ui issues yeah mm-hmm. and like just the way it levels up it, it was kind of confusing how to level up your guy just mm-hmm. based on the menu system and stuff and well and like half the times when you hover over something you don't get the pop-up because it's just broken yeah, <laughs> yeah. nice yeah. all right i think i think i saw one last it was like a funny bug it was i think i saw one where it says like if you put your hat on look yourself in the mirror you're, you turn bald like your guy's just bald <laughs> it was like just some of the most random stupid things but 
Hey. A lot of things missing in that game. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. One being the performance. So I uh, just benchmarked the game this morning, basically. And mm-hmm. I put together a quick benchmark that I posted on our Discord in the PC gaming, uh, PC, PC hardware discussion. topic. Whatever it is. PC, I should yeah, probably know this. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I posted it in there. Um, basically, this is using the most popular hardware on Steam. So chances are you have like one of these parts. It's an i7-7770K, 77, uh, i7 16 gigs of uh, memory, and a GTX 1066 gigabyte. Uh, I tested everything at 1080p, which was like the recommended resolution for this graphics card, according to CD Projekt Red. Mm-hmm. And even on low, uh, you got an average of 48 FPS. So that's telling you something about the performance numbers. It's pretty awful. It's pretty rough. Yeah. It's, and that's not yeah. to say that low is terrible because low in this game still looks really good. But yeah, like, man, you should really expect to be able to play this game at 60 FPS or play any game at 60 FPS, even on the lowest settings at 1080p. That is like yeah. kind of the bare minimum for PC gamers. Yeah. They have to be able to it's play like 60 FPS at 1080p somehow. 480p baby master race Some, somebody actually race. posted a video of uh so i follow r slash yeah, so sleeper uh, battle stations on reddit mm-hmm. and somebody posted that. a picture of their sleeper station which is basically like an old pc case with like new hardware mm-hmm. inside plugged up to yeah. a crt 480p monitor playing cyberpunk yeah. and it looks awesome because crts are just <laughs> yeah. super dope yeah and it's 480p so i can actually run yeah, it so you actually yeah, got yeah, 60 fps <laughs> <laughs> uh nice cool that's nice. that's it though nothing else to talk about no more nothing. cyberpunk oh and the reason yeah no okay, uh on. congratulations to carson oh who yeah who's the winner of yes. the uh cyberpunk giveaway for the monthly game club yes congratulations. yeah and if you guys have if you guys have seen him tell him to contact us in discord and then we'll go ahead and give it to him <laughs> i'm just kidding he, he he was there when it happened when yeah. we did the drawing yeah. <laughs> He's like, let's this is like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Carson's been with the, been listening to the podcast for several months now, and uh, and has brought people from his like real life friends into the into the Discord and hanging out with us and playing game stuff constantly. So super fun! Congratulations, to that Merry Christmas to you, sir. Okay, are you guys ready to jump into the? Uh, the uh, the like six pages of valve content that i <laughs> yes. have written out yes, for I you guys am. i'm very excited to learn okay so if you don't know what valve is you're about to learn but before we even jump to valve before we even get into that we have to first talk about uh one gabe logan newell aka gaben our oh, his middle name logan i never knew his, that his name is logan just like wolverine all right that... there's a connection there yeah. probably He's like fat Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, um, I want to talk about a little bit the man behind the whole picture of everything first. And there's some pretty spicy stuff that he has said over the years. That I didn't personally know, but I clipped it because I thought it was really funny. <laughs> so basically, uh, Gaben uh, went to Harvard University in 1980, but he dropped out three years later to go to work for Microsoft. Not a bad move. Uh, not a bad move. Apparently that... 
I'm like, it's crazy that you would get into Harvard and go to Harvard and you're like, nah, this is kind of whatever. I'm just leaving. Well, that's what happens to all of these super smart people is they go to Harvard and they're like, why am I here? And they they get and they get cherry picked out of Harvard to like go work at these huge like this institution. I need to stimulate myself somewhere else. What's crazy is that uh, so he basically got picked up picked up by microsoft in 1983 so gabe newell spent the next 13 years working at microsoft where he served as producer for the first three releases of their windows operating system that's crazy which i didn't which i did not know that basically the guy that made steam that i'm using for 20 years 15 years is the guy that i'm using his windows yeah (laughs) it's (laughs) crazy it's crazy so uh one thing that he stated later which is funny is that he learned more in the first three months of working at Microsoft than he ever did at Harvard, which is the primary reason why he dropped out, which I think is really funny. That guy usually t- happens. Yeah, like you said, yeah. he's he must be really, really smart. because Well, obviously he is. I mean, he's a fine, yeah. like, he has tons of money and whatever, but for, yeah. that's a pretty bold statement. And uh, <laughs> That is, that's a bold statement, Cotton. Let's see how it pans out. Now, I've never been to Harvard, so I can't speak about anything about <laughs> it's just them, It's but. just all frat boys in the partying. Well, I mean, it's kind of this rule applies all the time. I mm-hmm. went to college, but I also dropped out to open my own business. And I learned more. I was going to college for business. I learned more about business when I was actually Doing running it. it. And that's the thing yeah. it's because schools can only teach you so much, you know, yeah. and then experience is what you really need, which is why when somebody goes to hire somebody, they always want tons of experience because mm-hmm. you learn so much more from that and you learn wisdom from that too so it makes total sense that like you know you can go to the Which, best school in the in like almost the world and mm-hmm. you still won't learn as much if no. um, until you actually get in the field that you went to school yep. for. it's just crazy it's crazy that you go to harvard and then you drop out of harvard to go like make video games basically <laughs> to go make to well first to go make windows Literally yeah. to go, hey, let's develop the operating system that the entire world is going to use real quick. Yeah. No big deal. Oh, yeah, I didn't Harvard, know back then, Harvard. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, this is why this is the uh, developer deep dive on Valve, not Apple. <laughs> so uh, a couple other key notes that are fun notes throughout the, the history. We'll be jumping around a little bit. So <laughs> I thought this was really funny. In 2007, Gabe Newell openly expressed his displeasure over developing his software for gaming consoles, particularly the PS3. In regard to the system, Newell was once quoted as claiming that development processes for the console in general was a waste of everyone's time. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And a disaster on many levels. I'd say even at this late date, they should just cancel it and and do a (laughs) do-over. Just say, this was a horrible disaster, and we're sorry, and we're going to stop selling this and stop trying to convince people to develop for it. Oh, yikes. <laughs> wow. I read that. I just started laughing but it's so much. But so, it's so funny because a lot of developers from the Xbox 360 and PS3 era also uh-huh. talked about their disdain for the PS3 because mm-hmm. Sony developed, they spent millions of dollars to develop like a like their own type of processor and GPU. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. it was completely different than anything else that was ever made, and people hated it because it was yeah. it was new and it was poorly documented and mm-hmm. just terrible. Yeah, which is which is just really funny so to funny. me. But I was like, man, this dude's a savage. Where he's just <laughs> like, yeah, he gets like so triggered by 
PlayStation 3. And just like he's like developing for consoles. I was like, man, you know, this is like this is why, you know, not only us as the PC Masters podcast, but just like PC Mar in general, like has gave in on such a high pedestal. Not because he's just like, you know, obviously, as we're going to get into it, done so much for gaming and in the industry and PC gaming as a whole. But just like where he's just like, man, consoles are trash (laughs) (laughs) as someone that has to like actively deal with them and, and like business wise. I'm like, man, that's pretty spicy. Yeah. So, anyways, nevertheless, after 2007 happened, uh, in 2010, he, uh, at E3, um, Newell appeared on stage at Sony's keynote. While acknowledging his past outspoken comments on console development, he discussed the open nature of Sony PlayStation 3 plat- the, of Sony's PlayStation 3 platform and announced Portal 2 for the console, remarking that with Steamworks support, it would be the best version of any console. Did it actually and get Steamworks support? Yeah, it did. Yeah, so that's that's one thing that that's one I feel like almost caveat that he threw in there with this. Even whenever he was the, I was like, dude, he literally just trashed your whole like company and console yeah. like three years prior, and you still invited him. Yeah, to be your keynote speaker at Money, your like man. at E three. Yeah, well, not only that, it's crazy that because you know his games are popular and everything, but I think it's really funny that he threw in the caveat that like oh it would be great if you have steamworks on it <laughs> just kind of like jab throw that little like jab yeah. in there at sony it's like it would be great if we get to put more support for it because your platform's garbage anyways <laughs> so one other one other like quick tidbit i have about game new before we jump into the history is uh Newell also criticized the Xbox Live service, referring to it as a train wreck. He also he was also critical of Microsoft Windows 8 operating system, calling it a catastrophe and a threat to the open nature of PC gaming. That's accurate. 100% agree. This is why he's our Lord and Savior. (laughs) Windows 8 was a catastrophe and a train wreck. Windows 8 was terrible. They pushed that so hard. Yeah. Dude, oh guys, imagine... look at our new tile system. It's so nice. Like, no, get out of here. I don't want it. Give me the desktop. <laughs> so, and I'm assuming when they're saying the Xbox Live service, he probably means the games for Windows Live service. That's what I would assume he's talking no, about. No, I think he's talking about the Xbox Live service. Actual regular Xbox Live? Yeah. But also Idiots. anything that Microsoft pushes. I mean, literally yeah. anything that Microsoft develops is garbage. Everything Microsoft developed after yeah. Game Newell left is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Windows 7 was pretty glorious. That's true. So. They, they, he snuck in there for a week and coded a little <laughs> bit of lines for <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah. Thank, thank you. So, okay, that was basically just a couple quick tidbits about him, but now we're going to actually jump into the guts of all this. So, if you don't know, somehow, when you're listening to the show, say you're a console gamer or something, you don't know. So, Valve is a video game developer, publisher, and digital distribution company in Bellevue, Washington State. Uh, it was founded in 1996 by Gabe Newell and his and his longtime friend slash partner uh, Mike Harrington. They both actually were Microsoft employees. Uh, they had spent 13 years. They actually both spent, or I guess Gabe Newell spent 13 years at Microsoft developing Windows. And it's funny they left Microsoft to go start Valve, the company we're talking about. And they funded, they uh, founded Valve on August 24th, 1996, which is also Gabe Newell's wedding day. Oh, wow. So he started Valve the day he got married. Nice. nice. Which is like big brain move. He's like, double anniversary party, boys. Yeah, I'll never forget my anniversary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I also thought this was funny. So the alternate names for Valve, and thank God the name is Valve, because no. it's actually just, 
The the alternate names considered by New Harrington include Fruit Fly, Ensemble, and Rhino Scar. Why? What in the world? Oh my god. <laughs> Imagine if like, hey guys, we're gonna do a developer deep dive on Rhino Scar. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, at least make it like Rhino Scar Interactive or something like that. It sounds like a company. Fruit Fly, Fruit Fly Ensemble. ensemble. <laughs> what? So we should all be very happy that we ended up with Valve. Yeah. I mean, those as don't even make as... any sense. Valve no, makes sense because like, okay, you're making content and you have a Valve and you just like unleash all your content on people. Mm-hmm. Fruit Fly Ensemble. Well, What's... Well, it's like, and you know, with Valve came Steam, which makes sense. Right. Because it like. And it's like Steam doesn't mean anything. It just is like a platform, but it just works. And now everyone knows what it is. Right. Like it's like the biggest thing, you know. So, so after they developed, after they started the company, they first like very quickly started working on their first game. And pretty much while they were working at Microsoft, they had an idea for like a, they base they actually got a lot of their um, inspiration for Half Life, which was their very first product. And F, it's an FPS shooter with elements of a horror genre. If you don't know what Half Life is. I don't really necessarily know how to help you. I guess that's why you're listening to the show. <laughs> if you don't know what Half-Life <laughs> is or the Half-Life series, it's just a pretty amazing first-person shooter series. Kind of defined you know, are... a lot of first-person stuff. Yeah. And uh, a lot of their inspiration actually came from another Microsoft employee that left the company and went to go work for ID Software, and he developed Quake. Nice. Which Do you is have crazy. I didn't know that. Uh, his name is Mike something or other, but it doesn't matter because... Who cares about him? <laughs> so <laughs> it says uh, basically what they did is they took the Quake engine and that was made by ID Software and they modded this engine to make a okay. what's called a gold SRC. It's called it, huh? by the way. Huh? It's, what? It's software. That's an ID? It's it. Oh, whatever. Sorry. <laughs> id Software. Hey, they are just as like popular for the FPS genre as Valve is. True. They made but this develop this deep dive isn't on id software, it's on Valve. Big yikes. <laughs> you can do you can do yours. Respect, on id software. dude. You gotta respect your elders. That's true. So basically Gabe Newell and his partner stole the Quake engine and modded <laughs> it to this gold SRC engine, and that's actually like that gold SRC engine just changed into the source engine. Yeah. Basically nice. over time, as as we'll see. So after struggling to find a publisher for Half-Life, Valve eventually signed on with Sierra Online, which is crazy because I don't even know if like Sierra exists I think anymore. they're dead. I think they're dead. And Half-Life was released in 1998. I remember as a child when this released because it was massive when this game came out. As big as Cyberpunk? Um, bigger than Cyberpunk, dude. <laughs> bigger than Cyberpunk. This game, all this game is like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I went and picked up my copy from Blockbuster. The, the, the bugle kid on the side of the street was like, Hey, to read all about it. Hey, stop 25 cents. Gabe Newell, name Man of the Air, or Half Life. <laughs> so uh, the game was a critical and commercial success. They sold like a gajillion copies, basically, and they continue to sell copies. I'm pretty sure every Steam sell, it's like a nickel now, yeah. basically. Half Life pretty much is free at this point. Um, so. This is according to IGN, which take that with a grain of salt, but I also pretty much agree with this. It says, according to IGN, in 2014, the history of the FPS genre breaks down pretty cleanly into pre-Half-Life and post-Half-Life eras. I would say that's, that's very accurate. And as someone that's played FPS my entire life, basically since the genres existed, that is like 100% accurate. Yeah. Because yeah. it it was a... Half-Life was a like genre-defining game. And basically, that's what they're saying here. 
Half-Life was kind of the first game to introduce storytelling into mm-hmm. a uh, shooter. shooter type. Because before you have Doom and it's just Doom, like, all right, go Quake. through the mission, kill demons. Yeah. Quake, go through the mission, kill demons. Yeah. <laughs> all right, yeah. you got Wolfenstein, go through the mission, kill Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> it's like everything is like there wasn't. Like, they might have, they you know, even, like, Duke Nukem, that was, like, the first game that they're, like, talking, but there wasn't necessarily, like, a story. You're just no. kind of still just doing, killing it, stuff. It followed yeah. the same path as Doom and Quake, where it's just kind of, hey, go here, kill these things. Hey, go there, kill these things. Half-Life is, Which, here, you're going to start on a train on ride a train for and like three a really minutes s- without anything. Just, like, driving with credits through playing and like And they're telling you a story, like, yeah. what's happening, and you... And you're just a regular employee, like scientist, dude. And like, hey, and then, you know, you have people talking to you and it's very, you're like, you're not doing anything for like probably a good like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. You don't get your first game. weapon. Yeah. For it like, might be like for minutes. like a while. Like the first time they introduce a world before it gets destroyed. Exactly. Like, yeah. like, as you're like, oh, I'm going to go to my locker and get stuff. And then later on, there's mm-hmm. peep dead people and like, you know, yeah. you're, you're brought in my brains. I'm going to make an excellent to you. So, um, basically, uh, Valve enlisted the help of Gearbox Software, big yikes, big yikes. To, to develop three expansions for Half-Life. And this is something that I did not know. Yeah. I, I, I've heard of it, but I didn't necessarily know what was going on. So, there's two PC expansions, Opposing Forces, which you play as the uh, Army dudes, the Special Forces guys, Adrian Shepard, I believe. And then there's Blue Shift, where you play as the uh, police that protect Black Mesa in Half-Life, and you play as Barney Rubble. <laughs> I don't know what's his name. <laughs> I don't yeah. remember what his last name is. Barney something. <laughs> bam, bam. Um, and then they also developed uh, Gearbox made uh, Half-Life Decay for PS2 that had a co-op, like a split-screen co-op mode to it with special missions specifically for the co-op, which is pretty crazy because I didn't know anything about yeah, that. Yeah, when I, when I was reading this, I saw Decay and was wondering what that was yeah so it's actually like basically the full half-life one story but they also had a lot of special co-op missions that gearbox made that's so i'm sure it's probably i will say that that uh i did not care for opposing forces and blue shift that much (laughs) i I hated opposing forces Mm -hmm. was the dialogue bad um because Gearbox is kind of known for their really uh, awesome dialogue. Honestly, mm-hmm. like it, it was all kind of similar Borderlands. to me. It was just the game. The yeah. game was not fun. Blue sh- and it was longer than I expected too. Blue Shift was really short. Uh, yeah, Blue Shift was only like four hours or something. Like yes, that. like not even probably. But it, yeah, Opposing Forces just wasn't that great. I, I, I think I really underst. I really liked the concept of the games more than I actually liked the games because I remember when I played through Half Life One, I kind of wanted more from it, and I liked playing because basically Opposing Forces and Blue Shift are you're just playing the Half Life but from different point of view. Yeah, like you show up later after like you know craps at the fan and you're showing up and it's basically just like this is what happens to this person. It'd be like playing a scientist point of view. Right. That's kind of the idea of it. And I like that idea of like that you have a, that kind of crazy, like, you know, oh, everything's going to crap. Aliens are showing up and you can play from different perspectives. I don't really remember enough about it. All I remember is what John said, opposing forces is that there's like some ninja people and they were like impossible to kill. Oh, yeah. And they were super obnoxious because like they would just run up and murder. I you. do remember like you lose a lot of life all the time. I do remember mm-hmm. in Half-Life and the expansions, the guns don't shoot very well. Like 
It's yeah, not like don't. how it is where you like if you shoot one bullet, it's gonna go straight. It's like it doesn't a big giant pattern. Like it's, it's yeah. awful. Like um, like Halo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like these like these uh, the assault rifle in Halo. It's just like that. And mm-hmm. uh, I do know that what one cool thing and like you said, you're you sometimes show up right as Gordon Freeman runs by. Yeah, that is cool. And like the other, so you you either like see him through a window or something, but you do mm-hmm. catch him. I don't remember which one it is. I think it might be in both both those expansions yeah i think it is in both there's like parts where you like see him running by you running by or you recognize something that you did as gordon freeman and it happens like right there and you're like oh i just missed him Mm -hmm. and then you keep on going and going through and stuff but it is it is a cool idea that you got to play from all three sides um like is it like the only thing you couldn't do is play as like one of the the geeky scientists like you are a scientist but like as one of like the the five minute game where it's like yeah. help you just die, and yeah. die. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really funny if they did that it'd be prop on gordon gordon please gordon yeah yeah so uh have you guys i guess that's pretty much all everyone's experience with half-life have you played half-life original dakota yeah yeah, yeah. i recently okay. played it a couple months ago nice. i didn't beat I will, it though i will say i don't yeah. know if you have oh that's right yeah. it's i mean it's a rough it's, it's a rough game to go back and play now so i would just play black mesa that's what i was gonna say like if, yeah. if anybody's listening to this you haven't played it it is really rough it is really rough to go back and play half-life um black mesa is amazing yeah it is yeah. really good really really it's good. done it's actually finished now 100 percent finished yeah it i was and it's basically just like an hd like an hd remake yeah. of half-life the original game and they're like and enough and uh, they were um what's the word they were like they had close Gaben's blessing yeah. on it too yes exactly they basically had the blessing from valve to go ahead and do it to where valve like literally has that in their timeline of releases yeah which is crazy that's good because yeah. I mean, that's how that's how like yeah they did it i mean it it took them like five thousand years but yeah. it's done <laughs> took them a while but it makes sense so uh so in 1999 or 1998, Valve acquired TF Software, a group that made a popular Team Fortress mod for Quake, and then they remade the mod for the Gold SRC uh, and made Team Fortress Classic, which came out the next year. And your one thing I want to note here is that you're gonna really start to see a pattern that and and it does make sense that Valve and like Gabe Newell decided to do this is that he. One thing he starts to notice is that like he will see other studios that are making mods. And I think this is one of the really smart, like one of the best moves that they ever made is that he'll find these teams making these mods that get popular and he'll just buy the entire team or he'll like convince them to come work for him and pay them and put them on payroll. And like, hey, we're going to take that and like make it into a game. Hmm. And and they start they I mean, you will get into it, but they start doing that a lot where that's like it's like, is Valve actually making games? Have they made anything other than half-life one because like just like we just said all the expansions for half-life were made by gearbox team fortress classic that i just said was made portal. by people that were already making it huh portal oh we'll get to that Left for dead just you well it seems buckle up it seems like you get we'll get to that too he, he did the hard work for the first one and he just made investments and that's pretty much yeah. what he did well and it's yeah. smart though because no, it's, it's smart, smart though you he can the right, he's, he's rich you beyond can belief s- yeah because with mods you can see what takes off and then oh mm-hmm. wow that did really popular let's flesh it out more and make it into its own game yep like yeah which which the crazy thing is, that is that i think anymore. well the thing is too is that i think well now if it's if you sell the games it's a freaking lawsuit well <laughs> right and it doesn't make lawsuit. any sense yeah 
Yeah, which I think he kind of like pioneered this. You know, obviously there's like id Software and they've had like Quake and like other mods and stuff and like other games come from it. But he seems like he took that initial success and took that money and he's like, hey, we want to keep making games, but I don't necessarily need to be the person that's making the game coding and everything. It's like, why don't we take that money, invest in other people that are making stuff similar to us and then just bring them under the umbrella of right. our company and then just keep growing from there. Makes total so that's basically sense. what you're going to see. So, uh, Team Fortress Classic came out, super, super popular. Um, Valve released a SDK, a software development kit for their gold SRC engine. And basically with that, they allowed people to start making mods way easier in their basically beta alpha source engine as well. You know, gold SRC is. So, and then uh, also in, 19, I think it was 1998, late, or 1999, they... Um, they acquired the developers of one popular mod, Counter-Strike. You guys may have heard it on the podcast before. Uh, and they they brought them in to make a standalone Counter-Strike game. And this is the craziest part of this whole thing so far, is that Gabe Newell's business partner, Mike Harrington, happy with Valve's success, Harrington leaves in t- the year 2000. And I tried to read up a little bit more on this to see if, like, oh, maybe they had, like, some kind of blowout or something. And all I could find was that Harrington said he was spending so much time, he wanted to spend more time with his wife and kids, I guess. And he had, like, made enough money and been successful that he decided he wanted to go, like, take a break or whatever. And he leaves Valve on apparently on good terms and everything with Gabe. And Gabe's like, I want to continue making games and doing all this stuff. And he said, okay. So he deuces out and has never been part of Valve since then. And I'm like, to me, I just like facepalm. Yikes. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, though, if if he said he made enough money that he's happy, like dying with that much money, then yeah, like good for him. You know, yeah. I've, oh, yeah. I've always thought that if I ever do something where I make enough money that I don't have to worry about money again, like he might yeah. have. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who yeah. cares if I miss, missed out on making four billion dollars? If I have a hundred million, dude, I'm like totally fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could literally spend a million dollars, more than a million dollars every day or every year for the rest of my life and not run out of money. So, yeah, who cares? And and it's and it's funny because that's that's kind of how I think all of our mindsets would be. And except, you know, some people like, oh, but all this other money. But like, dude, if you don't need that and if you're not going to like really use it, then like what matters? Yeah. What, you know, also one other thing, though, I did look him up just to see like what he's been doing. He he like he like kind of like kickstarted and like co-founded like three other companies and two of them sold to Google. So I think he's oh, fine. Oh wow. Yeah. He's, he's made a yeah, lot of money. He's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think the last time he had a job was like 2016 and he's just like coasting. He's probably just doing literally whatever. Probably hanging yeah. out game new in New Zealand. Who cares? He's like I don't give a crap. <laughs> like freaking probably balling out. He sold some like some kind of like image uh some kind of like specialty image software to Google called like picnic okay and they were they like were supposed to use it and then google basically just like gutted it and yeah. like shut it down we'll, like they do with everything we'll pay else. you 10 million dollars for that to and like just shut it yeah down. for like just to like you know whatever so i did want to talk about this this is kind of kind of big after half-life came out so we have two huge things here team fortress classic and counter-strike both came out before this is this is before the year 2000 so this is so imagine you have a company and you have Half-Life come out, it's massive. You have Team Fortress Classic come out, which is also massive. I remember playing it a crap ton. And then you have, and then you're like, ah, let's bring in someone else and let's make Counter-Strike one of the most successful FPS franchises in existence, right? Up to this point, you have Doom and Quake and, you know, like Hex and Heretic and these weird offshoots and like, but that's it. Like, 
this is like the quintessential like tactical pc shooter game that like exploded around the world as as a mod for half-life which or the half-life engine you know so did you have either of you guys ever played counter-strike the og counter-strike or just me i might have played condition zero like once a long time ago Mm -hmm. but other than that i never played competitively or anything like that and i definitely didn't play team fortress uh classic okay so as someone we just played team fortress 2 the other day and i know that game came out we'll get into like 2004 ish 2005 team fortress classic was one of the most like janky fun games i've ever played in my life like to the point of if you can go watch old team fortress classic i'm people are still playing it you can go watch old videos they had a thing called grenade jumping so, you know, if you go play uh, Quake, you have rocket jumping. Like, you put a rocket at your feet and you jump. I mean, even in Team Fortress 2, like, you do that normally. Like, you just... Rocket jumping is, like, in every game nowadays, pretty much. I think even in the new Dooms, you do that. But in Team Fortress Classic, every class... There's nine classes, just like in Team Fortress uh, 2, how it is. And every class had different types of grenades. And the graphics and everything were so, like, janky in the first game. Now that I'm looking back at it, like, if you were a medic, you had a concussion grenade. And if you threw it right, basically what, if you threw it at an enemy, they would, it would kind of blow up and, like, your aim would be all messed up. Like, it was really hard to aim. Like, you couldn't, like, see what was going on. But if you, if you timed it right, you could throw the grenade in front of you and run and jump and it would like launch you across the map. (laughs) And so like once people started to figure out how to like actually like do use the grenades and stuff correctly, like you play capture the flag and it was like, it was insane. Like everyone's just flying all over the map and people got so good whenever they're uh, like, imagine you're playing a medic and you fly across the map and there's like snipers are like shooting people out of the air while they're flying and stuff. It was insane. Like, like if you think Team Fortress 2 is crazy, like Team Fortress Classic was like the 8-bit version of that insanity. And I remember the I remember the scout class had a grenade that was like a nail gun grenade. So you'd throw it out and it would just shoot and it would spin around and just shoot nails everywhere. It was like it would go for like 10 seconds shooting nails everywhere. And it was like the grenades in that were like, I wish they had them in TF2 because they were just like goofy. They're like super goofy stuff, but and I like playing. I played so much Team Fortress Classic and so much original Counter Strike. Like it was pretty bad. It was like all <laughs> I was playing. And I was like, I don't know why my like my parents are like, you can't read Harry Potter, but that's fine. You can go play Counter Strike. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> guess I'm gonna go shoot terrorists. Because I guess. yeah, shooting terrorists is American, and reading <laughs> stories about wizards is that's yep. You can't. You're not allowed to do that. We we we, and, we left the British. <laughs> yeah, and they're British. That's so even worse. <laughs> yeah. So moving on. So that was basically all we've made it through is 1996 to basically 2003. Um, so jumping to 2003, after the success of Half Life, the original game, the team worked on mods, spinoffs, sequels, and <laughs> I like how the including Half Life Two, just nonchalantly like yeah. just including Half Life Two, just you know like a spinoff of the first game. Uh, using the new Source engine, which basically the gold SRC engine turned into the Source engine. Um, they made Half-Life 2, they made Team Fortress 2, all on the Source engine. And as anyone that's used or played anything on the Source engine, the Source engine is dope. Yeah, it's really it's like, nice. It's like the base for tons of games, like a lot more games than you would think of. Uh, Titanfall 2, is, the base yeah. engine for that is the Source engine. It's just heavily yeah, modified. Just, it's just heavily modified, yeah. Weird, and that game actually runs pretty good. Yeah, I know, right? Crazy. Crazy. 
Yeah, so this is another like little tidbit that I got. To expand on Half-Life 2, Valve had planned on releasing three episodes to extend its story prior to a planned Half-Life 3. And then I put big yikes in that one. That's what, <laughs> like, when we talked about, uh, we talked about that before, and like that's, mm-hmm. they, they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a big yikes on that one. So yeah, and if you don't know, somehow, if you're listening to this, you don't know, Half-Life 2 released. To critical acclaim, it's like one of the highest rated games ever. I think it's like a 97 or 96 on Metacritic. Um, and they released two expansions, episode one, episode two. Episode two left on like a pretty big cliffhanger and then nothing. And that was like 2007. And we have not gotten any. We've gotten Half-Life Alex, which I don't. Doesn't I haven't played Half-Life Alex. any of the questions. Yeah, I don't know the story of Half-Life Alex. I'm sure it's good for what it it's is, but it's like it's. Yeah, it's not half-life 3 it's not half-life 2 episode 3 i mean i was i was like man i bought it when it came out because i was so excited after playing half-life 2 and episode 1 i was like i'm gonna play episode 2 i'm like oh man i can't wait next year until the hopefully episode 3 comes out like crickets and like biggest blue ball in history yeah Yeah. and what's the and then the uh was the six like nigerian dudes with the the coffin show up oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) they're like dancing (laughs) uh so yeah uh, so with the second episode of Half-Life, uh, Valve also packages a game for consoles in the orange box, which to this day might be one of the most like best deals in gaming yeah. history ever to happen and ever. Um, so basically the orange box included Half-Life 2, Half-Life 2 Episode 1, Episode 2, Team Fortress 2, and Portal. And that was on consoles. On PC, I also got Counter-Strike I Source. Say, I remember because I bought yeah, the orange box. I was about to say, I thought Counter-Strike Source came on it. Yeah, so imagine buying buying one game for forty bucks, getting Half Life Two, Episode One, Episode Two, Team Fortress Two, Counter Strike Source, and Portal One. That is like, I don't like they could have charged like eighty, a hundred dollars for that, and it still would be worth it. Yeah, because all those games are like triple A games. It's insane. well, Team Fortress Two and Counter Strike Source alone would have would give Counter Strike Source. We had like thousands of hours in that game, just that game. Oh by yeah. Itself. Yeah, and Team Fortress yeah. Two is different enough to where you could play that too and have thousands of hours on that game too. Oh, and I mean, we just joined a server of playing the other day, Team Fortress Two, and the, the game came out, you know, fifteen years ago, and there's still people playing it fifteen years later. It's crazy, you know, uh, which is crazy. So I don't know if you guys knew this, um, Portal was actually a, uh, it was an experimental game developed by a student team, student team hired into Valve from their work on. Narb Narb Bacular Drop, which is really hard to say, and that's probably why they had no success because it that name is awful. Drop. And if you go look up Narbicular Drop, it is literally Portal, but it's like Portal set in dungeons, and they don't have like the nice, pretty visuals where you can see through it. Mm-hmm. But it's literally like they developed that that uh, coding and everything. So yeah. like technology, so like four portals, and um Gabe sniffed them out. Uh, so it says Gabe Newell, managing director of Valve, took interest in the team's work and employed the whole staff at Valve. <laughs> the developers went on to write the critically acclaimed Portal using many of the same concepts. That's insane. So basically, what it's what crazy. Good like uh, big brain, leadership, dude. big basically. Yeah. Oh, this mm-hmm. concept is super cool. I'm gonna hire all of you and pay you really good salaries so that you can develop like the game of your dreams, and then I'll just profit off of it. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll all make he lots of money. Exactly. Investments, man. I yeah it's a good for it's, him it's, great good great for him he's a genius i mean it's like to be able it's to, just, to, be able to it's just that out and like find them and be like that's mm-hmm. a really good idea i'm gonna pay yeah. you guys i'm gonna put my name on it though but like we're gonna do this yeah yeah 
and you're going to make me a lot of money. Well, I'm sure... Well, and if they're like a student team, if he's like, hey, you come work for me, I'm going to pay you each like 60 to 100 grand a piece to come work for me and develop this game for me. And then, you know, plus, you know, whatever afterwards. And they're like just a student team going to school. Like, uh, yes, please. We'll go work for <laughs> Valve, like, yeah, the creators of like, Half-Life. You know, you Are you kidding me? Doing this as students, he's like, I will pay you paychecks to come do this for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're like, uh, yeah, I guess that and sounds like, good. Let's like, do that. And I like cake too. Put some cake in that game. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, but I'm on a diet, so say so it's a lie. So make, really, make it really hard for me to find it because I'm on a diet. <laughs> <laughs> um so what's crazy is that we, all of this is happening we got half-life the half-life series happening even though it kind of blue balled us at yeah. episode yeah. three we have team fortress happening which has team fortress classic which is massive and team fortress 2 which is huge we we just now have portal and we have counter-strike the original and counter-strike source and before that in between that was counter-strike condition zero so we have all this stuff going on right it's like but where do we put this all so that people can access it it's like man i guess we should just go ahead and develop steam the number one gaming distribution platform <laughs> in the entire Gallic galactic empire yeah so the concept of steam bore out of valve trying to maintain patches for games like counter-strike so that players were all up to date because i remember before steam existed when you would go i would start up counter-strike and i'd click find a server and i would join and it would say up oh, they're running a different patch to you and then you just basically keep joining servers until like either the server wasn't updated or you were updated enough and it there was no like automated patching I would have to go to a website and find the new Counter-Strike yeah. patch yeah. and manually patch it. It was a pain in the ass to do it. Yeah. I mean, the same thing with uh, Battlefield. I remember having to constantly download Battlefield 1942 patches. Yeah. Um, so basically, that the, their whole idea was like, hey, we need to make something that's just basically going to auto-update our games and keep everyone on the same, you know, because you got half the players playing on one patch and half the player base playing on another patch. There, Everyone's getting irritated because they can't play together. Yeah. You know, and talking to your friends, there was no like voiceover IP. There was nothing. Oh, let me call my friend, disconnect the dial up or whatever. I had to do, <laughs> yeah, you know? disconnect the dial up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, failing to gain help from other third party developers, Valve took it on themselves to build out Steam, which was first introduced in 2002. So this is actually before Half-Life, uh, Half-Life 2 and all these other games came out. This is like in the weird limbo between Half-Life and all this other stuff. This They're like Counter in the process of making out. it. This is, Counter Strike. It was already. It was came out in ninety nine. Yeah. yeah. So Team Fortress. So this is basically like Half Life, Team Fortress Classic, and Counter Strike were out, but all the new stuff wasn't out because they were still working on Source Engine and all that. Man, imagine so, Counter Strike, the original one, probably had kilobyte sized updates that took people. Oh, yeah. Like a couple minutes to download. <laughs> yeah. That's Dude, so crazy was, to think back to that bad. time. I remember getting like broadband and it was three down and it was amazing. Yeah. It was like, oh my God, this is so, I have, I have like 15 ping. Are you kidding me? This is insane. Yeah. It's just yeah, crazy it's to think nuts. back that far. How, how far like we've become. Yeah, it's crazy. So they basically like pseudo launched Steam in 2002, but by 2004, it pretty much became mandatory by Half-Life 2's release. Yeah. Which and then people they, were pissed um, about. Huh? People were pissed when that. It was like, oh, oh I, have to I was mad about it. I, I was mad about Steam? it because I was like, it's change. I don't like yeah. it. What's happening? 
Yeah, it was it was weird because like I gotta sign up for an account now and like do this weird stuff, and I'm like, dude, this is like, and now nowadays it's like that is like completely 100 percent normal for every single thing you have to yeah. do. But back then it's like this is weird. The government's gave Neil is tracking us. Exactly. He's gonna come kill me at my house. <laughs> why do I, why do I have to put my address? I'm 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my parents are gonna be really mad if you find me, Gabe Newell. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. Steam initially only offered Valve's games, but they soon allowed third parties to sell on the service, with Valve taking a fat, juicy 30% cut out of their revenues for maintaining mm. the storefront, I added that part, and content delivery. Steam eventually became the most significant way gamers on the personal computer platform acquired digital games, with Steam accounting for up to 70% of nice. all digital sales on PC. When was that? What timestamp is that? Uh, I, I want to say that was around like 20, it, I, it didn't have it on here, but I think it was like 2014 or something like that. 14. That's probably That's, upwards of 80% now. Yeah. Cause Steam so, blew up after 2013 and it has just increased like crazy year year. since then. Yeah. So this will kind of give you a little bit more, uh, uh, info about that. So as of 2011, the company had an estimated worth of two to 4 billion According to Newell, it was the most profitable company per employee in the United States. Wow. Most of Valve's revenue comes from Steam, which controlled 50 to 70% of the market for downloaded PC games in 2011. Yeah. So in, in three years, it grew 20% almost. Yeah. That's what's crazy. Literally, what's crazy is that from, you know, that was 2011. So, like, you have Half Life 2, you have Team Fortress, you have the Orange Box, all this. So. Even even when your company is like actually you know successful, you're selling a lot. You starting to do you starting to put a couple of games out on Steam because I remember even whenever we like when I met John in 2009, like Steam was Steam was getting bigger and bigger, but it wasn't like you know it wasn't like every single person on earth knew what Steam was. Yeah, you know, yeah. not like, it wasn't like how Google is now. Like oh Google, like that's just like Google is just a word for searching for stuff. Right. It's not. It's like a you know what I mean. But it's like, dude, in 2011, like they haven't even been around for that long and they're worth $4 billion yeah. and they're dominating the market. That's insane. That's like actually crazy. Um, So I know the timeline's kind of jumping around here a little bit. So in 2008, Valve announced the acquisition of Turtle Rock Studios, which would be renamed Valve South. Turtle Rock developed Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2 while associated with Valve. And Turtle Rock Studios later spun out of Valve in March 2010. Big oof, because ever since then, they have not done a single thing worth talking about. Yep. That's why we're not going to. They developed a game called Evolve and everything else. They're trying oh, to make God, a... They're trying to make Back for Blood. I don't understand how they're still a company after Evolve's... Evolve. Like, Stage up. 2. Good God. That was... That was they, like a I'll, period of PC gaming time just like it's I don't, crazy and i don't know i don't know what happened because left for dead and left for dead 2 are like some of the most popular games in existence like everybody knows what left for dead yeah. is because when i remember when it i met john i know we've talked about this before i literally met john because of left for yeah. dead that's the only reason we ever talked the first time because his friend that we both mutually know was trying to figure out what left for dead was and literally wrote me a letter (laughs) (laughs) or wrote John a letter to get in contact with me. But it's crazy. It is so crazy that left for dead, which was like one of the first four player co-op like shooters with zombies, like all the, like it, that, I mean, 
kind of like how Half-Life was like a genre defining thing. Like after Left 4 Dead came out, it's like there was an explosion of that type of game yes. came out. Because, you know, and I feel like we're about to hit that same thing with Cyberpunk and, 2077 yeah. the next coming years. And I know we've talked about Left 4 Dead before, but you're right. Like that, even the demo was was mind-blowingly good. It was like, oh, this yeah. game is Left so was much an fun. Awesome game. And we played that game a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, Left 4 Dead 2 kind of sucked. So. <laughs> That's a hot take because a lot of people like Left 4 oh, Dead man. 2 more. I like Left 4 Dead 2 more. But the thing is, is that you probably played more Left 4 Dead 2 than the first I game. Did. Yeah, exactly. So the people, it's it's there's a weird divide between Left 4 Dead one and two people because we and played it only Left 4 Dead came out like two or three years after. No, first, it was it was next year or the next year. year yeah, it was like super short yeah. time period for a sequel. But it yeah because it wasn't a sequel. It was DLC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Turtle. Thanks Turtle Rock Studios. <laughs> um. So yeah, Left 4 Dead. It's crazy. Left 4 Dead was played that so so incredibly much. Yes. And like. My my wife still plays that with her sister and friends. Like mm. they still play Left 4 Dead every once in a while. Um, so after that, continue on the path of Valve buying up developers and like students and stuff. And like I, I see just like Gabe Newell just like at an elementary school, just like peeking over the window, like, hey, what y'all working on? <laughs> 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 no, working on anything interesting? All right, I'll be back in seven years to hire yeah. you. <laughs> What y'all doing in there? He's 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 a undercover boss as a cafeteria lady. Yeah. <laughs> like, How's that science project working out, Timmy? How's it going? You learn anything new? It's like I'm about to go back to the, my lair, the Gabe Copter, the Gabe Mobile. My yeah. God, he's rich enough at the time. He just has a, like a helicopter yeah, like, that he lands on high schools and just, like colleges. Like the, what is it like the? Um, the Peter Griffin copter. You gotta go the to the P- Peter yeah, copter. Peter it looks copter. like him. He like jumps in oh, and takes yeah. off. <laughs> go to the other Cayman copter. Yeah. Uh, so after Turtle Rock Studios and like the ginormous success of Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2, like those sold like a bajillion. I didn't get sales numbers because they're just silly at this point. They sold just the like, most. They sold so yeah. They Valve is winning at everything yeah. at this point, so it's not even worth talking. How about. much did they so, sell? Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I mean, I'm sure they also had some some failures too, which aren't mentioned. But the successes that oh. they've had are so oh. huge; it doesn't even matter. Like it, yeah. No, no, they had failures. I saved those for the what? end. I know, but like, like buying <laughs> off people, like buying these these developers and stuff to make games. Unless yeah. they didn't, I mean, like the, you, I don't remember them ever having coming out with games that sucked. Like everything that they ever came out, oh, with, I well, do. To, to do you remember do, Artifact? Oh, don't don't, don't worry, we're getting in, there. Like, in our timeline right now. like they. So, yeah. what's, what's crazy is that, unless it's, like, completely swept under the rug and the people signed NDAs and stuff, so far, we're at 2010, 2008, 2010, they, the, the only, like, people they've hired to come work are these people. The people that made Counter-Strike, Team Fortress, Left 4 Dead, and, and they also hired a guy named Icefrog that was one of the developers for uh, Dota. And they had him make Dota 2. So, so far, they haven't had any, like, bad anything. Like, they've been just, like, home run, Barry Bonds, all jacked up a Mountain Dew, just crushing it. Literally just just crushing it. So far. So far. I mean, we're getting getting there. Like, there's going to definitely be, like, this is... And I would say that this is probably... uh, The next thing I will say is that in April 2011, they released Portal 2... I'm going to go ahead and say right here, in my opinion, this is their pinnacle. Like, this is the, the peak, peak of Valve right here. 
is 2011. This is the and end then, of their like golden era of where they were just mm-hmm. constantly winning left, right, and center. Yeah, it's like I can't stop winning. <laughs> just like, no matter what they do, Dota still probably still makes them enough money. Just, oh. by, just by itself to make up for everything that's going to happen. Yeah, no. Oh, I'm not yeah. saying that from here on they started losing money because it's the total opposite. They started printing like, money like nobody's business after 2011. Yeah, Gabe Newell's just like wiping his face with like $100 bills. He's like, oh man, it's so greasy. I'm just going to get a grease off of this money and just throws it into like an incinerator or something. Yeah. I just, just assume all rich people have incinerators just like throw their cash into Anyways, so they hired this guy named Ice Frog, which there's this all controversy because basically there was a there was a couple of different uh, Defense of the Ancients or Dota uh, developers at the time made this huge Warcraft three mod, which spawned League of Legends, spawned Dota, spawned Heroes of the Storm, lol, and uh, <laughs> and some other games that no longer exist, like Heroes of New Earth. But pretty much they're like, hey, we're hiring this guy and we're making Dota two. There was like all kinds of like legal battles and stuff that I cut out of here because it's boring where they had to like fight to get the naming rights from Blizzard to make Dota 2 and all this stuff. It's real weird, but Valve's like, cool, we have infinite money, so we don't care. We'll just do it anyways. Um, so um, this is a weird time period for Valve. This is what we call on transition to services and a flat structure. This is definitely where Valve is, you know, they climbed up Mount Everest and they're like, oh no, we didn't bring water or food and we have to climb back down. Oh, what are we going to do? And then people just start freezing up in the mountain and dying. This is basically that part, that part. So, but before that happened, the pinnacle tippity top is portal two, which I think we can all agree with. It's like one of the best games that Valve has ever yes. made. I yeah. think it's, I think it's also one of the best games that has ever been made. Wait, you forgot know, about uh, CSGO that released in 2010. Huh? Didn't it? No, that was 2012. Yeah. We haven't got there yet. We have not got there yet. Yeah. That released after portal two. Yeah. 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 Okay. never yeah. mind. My bad. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I don't even know if I have that in here, but thanks yeah, for Yeah, you don't. <laughs> so, yeah. I, Wait, can I well, source? No, go. No, go. Go. Oh, offensive. offensive. Sorry, I misheard you. Yeah. No. So, um, yeah, Portal 2 came out, and I would say Portal 2 is the pinnacle. I wouldn't put Counter-Strike. <laughs> Counter-Strike's on the downward yeah. slope. It's when you're it's when you're tumbling down the mountain, they just, like, pass by it as you're falling <laughs> down the mountain. Um. So, basically, uh, what's crazy is that uh, this was actually made by another like um, student team. They had developed a uh, they had developed a student team behind a game called Tag: The Power of Paint, and that it, basically they in- hired that team and incorporated it into their normal student like or Valve employee now like Portal team. And they're the people that developed all the technology for the goo and like the bouncy goo and the speed goo and like how to like program all of that so they basically like smashed their teams together and made portal 2 and it was fantastic obviously yeah yeah um what's crazy is that with the portal series is like if you've never played portal like pause the podcast stop whatever you're doing and like go play portal they're both it's just even if you the campaigns are amazing yeah and it's also like fun calmingly I don't know. It's like it's a slightly calming game, even though your mind is constantly thinking because you have to figure yeah. out the puzzles. But like, there's no like people shooting at you other than turrets. Uh-huh. But turrets every once in a while. I don't know. Stress is at like an all time low when you play that game, and it's just awesome. It, it, yeah, it it can be very relaxing. 
uh the story is funny like i like the characters yeah. in the story and like constantly trying to like make you laugh and especially in portal 2 the portal 2 like narrator and stuff is really funny yeah. i like glados i really like portal 2 no i'm not even talking about glados i'm talking about the guy that's uh jk jr simming what's his name jk simmons he's doing like Life gives you livings, you blow life's house up. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Life gives you livings, you burn life's house down. Yeah. John, what do you think about Portal? Do you like the Portal series? I do, and one of the reasons I like it is because I'm not a good at puzzles. I'm not very good at puzzles and, like, strategic games, um, and I can beat the Portal games. Like, you yeah. don't have to be good at puzzle games to beat them, and I, I like that it's it's friendly enough to where someone who's it's terrible at that anybody terrible can play at it. that kind of stuff is able to figure it out and mm-hmm. uh it that is something i was and i mean and they're just fun to play like they make them yeah. i one thing i really like is and not a lot of games do this is like you know part of the portal games is you're doing these tests and you mm-hmm. actually get to go behind the scenes and seeing some of like the tests like the, the yeah. offices and stuff and you're like mm-hmm. there's nobody here what what's going on and then you eventually mm-hmm. you know find out you know it's the the don't values. spoil it but spoilers um, I'm, just, I'm just kidding but yeah like I, I i love that you get to see behind you get to go like into like the rafters kind of you know into like mm-hmm. the stairwells yeah. like you're not supposed to be there but you get to go see things like that and uh um that's why i really like them yeah yeah it's like because i think i know especially in the first game you're like literally just you're like a little guinea pig a hamster and they're just doing tests on you that's kind of the whole thing they're like testing to see if you can escape when the second game, there's a lot more, uh, there's a lot more of like behind the scenes, like being in the rafters and like, oh, wait, you're trying to like escape because they're trying to kill you now. Yeah. 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 And, stuff and like that. the nice thing, too, is that Portal 2 is it's a sequel to the first one, but the first mm-hmm. one is not you don't have to play it to understand yeah. the second one. It's a standalone yeah. story with like the same theme and world. yeah. And and the second game has co-op and oh, has Steam so Workshop support and had, there's like so many different maps. So like if you really like that type of game, there's so many different maps and stuff you can play. Yeah, it's it's actually really cool. They did a really fantastic job with the whole Portal series as a whole. I know we've talked about I'm pretty sure Portal 2 made it on our like top 10 games of the decade. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it did. Yeah, yeah. So after uh, after Portal came out um valve is still riding their high horse they started doing uh closed beta testing for dota 2 in 2011 and then they fully released the game to the public in 2013 and one thing and as much as i don't really like dota i don't understand it i I was on the league of legends bandwagon for a long time like where john is now um one thing i don't or one thing i really liked a, that uh valve has done with dota is they they do something called the international which is basically a esports tournament and the prize pool is actually supported by the player base hmm. and so basically what happens is you basically will buy a like battle pass type of subscription for dota that lasts for like 60 or 90 days before the tournament is set to start and what valve does is they take uh i i believe it's 25% of that price of all the proceeds and they put that into the prize pool so i believe i believe the battle pass i want to say it's like 25 or 30 dollars but it basically it's a battle pass but it gives you like tons of cosmetics just for playing the game for buying it you get stuff and you and you realize that if you really like the game you are like you're getting stuff for yourself and you're also supporting the cause you yeah, know right which i kind of i kind of prefer it that way i feel like you should kind of let the player base 
dictate how much like the prize pool should mm-hmm. be because it's kind of like a win-win. It's like Valve is already taking three quarters of the money and keeping it as profit for making cosmetics. So it's like, yeah. they're I mean, they're giving up 25% of their profit to go to the prize pool. That's just going to make more people play their game. It's right. kind of like a win-win for everyone involved. And, and I wish more companies would do stuff like that, but I guess they don't. I think the thing is with Valve is they're very transparent about how much money is being put in. So like, hey, you see the prize pool, multiply that by four. That's how much money that or, you know, that's how much money is being made, yeah. etc. But I think other companies are too scared to show their profits like straight up front like that, that they're like. And because, you know, other people, they don't want to put up 25 percent of the profit to go to stuff like that. They don't care that much. Yeah. Like, you know, so it's really silly when you go to you see a Call of Duty tournament and like Call of Duty tournament. It's a world championship. Two hundred thousand dollar prize. You're like, really, okay. bro? Really? It's like so that was like point zero 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 one percent of sales. Nice. Um, so after Dota had launched and launched to like huge acclaim because tons of people played Dota one. Um, yeah. So this is where what I was saying. Uh, Valve's activities as game developer and whatnot had really started to slow down in this era. This is really when they're starting to figure out exactly where they want Steam to go. Um, they're they're working on stuff like Steam Curator and green lighting games, which basically allows people to uh, like. Yeah, I can tell you more about the green light Steam. system because I really like the green light system. What were you going to say, yeah. John? I said it allows Steam to make a lot more money. Oh, yeah. 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 So, yeah. So basically when they announced the Steam green light, basically people could upload their game to steam and other people could go and be kind of curators and you could say oh this game looks interesting i'll like give it like a vote yeah i that it should be on the platform i used to do that too and yeah. I, is it still yeah is it still there no it's okay dead. no so i used to go on there and do that and i always mm-hmm. felt bad if i said no to a game because it was like because i'm picky like, i didn't there was games that i didn't I, feel bad <laughs> at all because there's like really bad games that get put on there and they and now <laughs> yeah. they don't greenlight them all they just pay them 100 bucks and they're on there yeah and I, yeah. I could very quickly go through that Steam queue and immediately not interest things because it's so easy to tell mm-hmm. they're crap. Yeah. And yeah. I, the green lighting, I actually took more. I would look through them. I wouldn't just do that quickly like that. But right, yeah. Um, it's, you know, they've 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 pushed so many games through now. It's insane. Like there's most if well, there's not all of them suck, and they the yeah. green light gave us an opportunity to not allow that. Right. And yeah. Anyway really really good idea and they still i mean they don't really have they don't have anything like this anymore you basically just pay money and you put your game up and then whatever so that's why there's like just i mean and and hey if you've listened to past episodes this is why we've talked about having a cooling system when we talked about platforms i'm pretty sure that's yeah. the, our big one of our biggest gripes on steam is that john before they uh kind of passed this he had been through every single game that was on the platform and there's still like 30,000 plus games, a lot of garbage, etc. But now, like, there's no way he can keep up because there's probably 80, 90, 100,000 yeah, games that are even in his queue. There's like, I think there's like upwards of like 130 to 150,000 games on the Steam platform, so... which is just insane because you, I'm sure that 95% of yeah. that's just straight garbage. <clears throat> so I know I said it on the last one, but it's gone up since then. It's at 88,532 results. And this mm-hmm. does not include. It's hidden everything that's on my wish list. It's hidden everything that's in my library. It's hidden everything that I've ignored. And this is, yeah. Keep in mind too, this is like soundtracks, uh, 
DLC yeah, yeah, and everything. It's, so it's everything. some games have like tw- like there's for instance Sims. The Sims has like fifty freaking and like <laughs> Train Train Simulator has like a hundred and fifty like DLCs. Different choo choos. Thomas. Different, different yeah. Thomases. And uh, but it's still <laughs> Train Simulator has a hundred different choo choos. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to be. Ser- I'm gonna have to be. I kind of say that sometimes now with my daughter, but. Be saying a lot more. Um, she's only really like me. She's gonna like Thomas the Train Engine. So <laughs> Thomas had never seen such bullcrap. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get her to watch something that I like as well has not been easy. Yeah, yeah, but don't you just like watching Thomas the Train usually? No, she watches Baby Shark. And oh. dude, dude, dude. And if you're curious, what look up a, a show called Cocomelon and just that's what I watch every day. Yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> What season are you on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this character arc is insane. It's <laughs> that yeah. new HBO show, I've Coco Melon. stories for the people in the show because it's I've seen every <laughs> single video so many times. So nice, I like it. Okay, so this is basically what I call the uh, the downfall of Steam. So obviously, Steam is still like the number one distributor on the planet for PC games and everything. But this is where we're really starting to get into like, man, the slippery slope and this is going down the mountain. So after Dota 2 released in 2013, their next game that released after that was Artifact in 2018. They didn't make a single game or release anything for five years. Now, this being said, they probably didn't have time because they're just counting all their money from Steam and their digital platform. They literally had no time to do anything. Because why why make games when you can just not make games and make way more money not making games, you know? So this is whenever, you know, a lot of us start to notice like, man, like what is Valve doing? Also, I know I didn't mention it here, Counter-Strike Go came out, kind of a big deal. But I mean, it's kind of a big deal. It's how we met Dakota. <laughs> so yeah, hey. It came out in 2012. Important. It came out in 2012. I know I've skipped that in here. But I would say 2013 Dota 2 after that has been like, I mean, for me, I don't really care about Dota, but that's been the downfall. So imagine you're standing in like a giant auditorium, right? You're standing there and Valve comes out and they say, we're going to announce a new game. And everyone's like, it's 20, like like 2017. Everyone's mind is like exploding because they're like, oh my God, the last thing that came out is Dota 2. Is it going to be Half-Life 3? Finally, is it going to be Portal 3, Left 4 Dead 3, Team Fortress 3, anything with 3 has a stigma on it because Valve does not do anything with 3s apparently? (laughs) Nope, it's going to be a Dota 2 card game that's five years too late to the market. Super exciting. And it's going to be a buy-to-play game where you pay per match. I don't know if Gabe even had a say in this or he was just like, sure, you do whatever. I'm going to go be on my island. (laughs) I I don't care what you're doing. I loved watching the video of that reveal because everyone was like, (laughs) yeah, yeah oh as soon as yeah the entire <laughs> auditorium goes from yes to no well well because because it says it, it shows out and it says a new game a new original game by valve and it just says artifact and you're like what does this mean what is dota. happening yeah. and then and then underneath it it just pops up dota card game and there's a boom yeah <laughs> like and it's like i was like man i feel terrible for whoever had to like walk out on stage after that and that, deal with the crowd that was the same uh like feeling mm-hmm. in the crowd as diablo, diablo immortals, immortals where they're like you guys not have phones yeah they're like we're announcing a new Diablo game, Diablo Immortal. 
a mobile game. And everybody's like, yes, a new Diablo game. Boo, it's mobile. (laughs) Well, you guys don't have phones. Like, is this a joke? Yeah. Is this an out of season April Fool's shirt? Yeah, red shirt guy. Oh, that guy is a red shirt guy. 10 out of 10. <laughs> most savage comment in like years, dude. And you know that guy was just like tilted all. He's on the stage, can't get super yeah. pissed. But yeah. So this is basically. We're in 2018 now, and it's things aren't looking too hot for Valve. I mean, they're still printing money like it's Monopoly cash. Oh, like yeah. They can do whatever yeah. they want. They're they're making hand hand over fist money, and they're like, I think they got to the point. They're like, we have so much money, we kind of like f you money, so we can kind of just fund whatever weird projects we want to. So this is whenever they start working with HTC to make VR goggles and make the HTC Vive, which I never used. I don't know if it was any good. I'm assuming it was just it like... It was supposed to be the best VR headset was, at the time because the, the only time. other thing was the development versions of the Oculus, uh, I think. Oculus, I don't think yeah. they had a, like a full version. Once the, yeah. it, the Valve uh, HTC Vive came out is when Oculus was like, oh, we're releasing our first version of the headset because now we have competition, I yeah. think. Yeah, pretty much. And now there's all, now there's all this, you know, there's PSVR, yeah, there's all these so many, VR yeah. things, but... But the HTC Vive was supposed to be, uh, you know, this huge thing, and it kind of was, but it's like, well, and I know there's, it's, if you're listening to this and you kind of know some of the history, you're like, man, this, they're like skipping stuff. I'm saving all the good spicy stuff for last, so don't worry. I, if, if it feels like I'm missing puzzle pieces, it's because I've kept them. I took them, I took the puzzle. So anything that Valve killed, you have later on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I left all the good uh, giant failures flops for Valve nice. for the end because I felt like that would be appropriate. Um, so basically, they started working on VR headset because Gavin's like he wants you know he's like maybe if I put on VR goggles I won't eat so much <laughs> filet mignon and like lobster and stuff. So, <laughs> so but he starts working on this HTC Vive. I'm sure it was cool at the time for what it was. I remember being like, oh sweet, if Valve was working on it, that's probably cool, right? I mean, I. Anyways. I do remember, like, you know, the, the vibe and stuff was on Steam. Mm-hmm. I think it was $800, yeah. if I remember right, when it yeah, came out. Yeah, it was out. expensive. And it I was, was like, expensive. cool, VR headset. And I was like, cool, there's nothing to play. There's no games. They're all the arcade yeah. shooters. Mm-hmm. There's games there, mm-hmm. but there's nothing really, you know, like, crazy cool to spend $800 on this for. And yeah, it's not. It's gimmick. It was just a gimmick at the time. Yeah. And... And basically what they came to the conclusion, I think basically what happened is all the stuff they learned from working with HTC to make the HTC Vive eventually led them into making their own hardware and developing the Valve Index, which is like right now the kind of like cream of the crop primo VR headset and like the little controller things or whatever. For a cool thousand dollars. Yeah, Yeah, for just a cool 1K, you know, for VR games. the, uh, the, uh, The stations you have to put up for tracking mm-hmm. base stations lighthouses yeah. yeah 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 so basically they decided hey maybe we shouldn't work with hgc anymore and do our own thing because we have infinite resources pretty much so uh it this is obviously we're still going downhill it has been argued that the transition from game developer to service provider has been driven by the economics in steam which is estimated to bring in more revenue than valve's own game sales well duh you have like a bajillion games on your platform uh, in 2017, Steam Spy estimated that Valve had received 4.3 billion in its revenue from Steam sales. <laughs> and this company <laughs> is still a private company. Yes, this is still a they private are company. Not, they are not a public company. They're not on the stock market. 
the owners of this company get all that money. Yeah, and and Gabe Newell, our uh, Lord Gaben, he owns fifty percent, fifty percent of Steam. Is it the employees? I, I want. I think it's. I think it's employees or like other like investors and stuff. Okay. But he owns fifty percent, so he is like the president, CEO, right. like and owns like the majority holder, and everything. So that's just silly money. I mean, I'm sure Gaben, he's a businessman. He understands like wait. So we made four point three billion this year. Yeah, we probably don't need to make Half Life Three. We're good. Yeah. Let's just keep like barely doing anything and letting people like kind of just let this thing coast and just like you let know, it and do quite its own honestly, thing. You know? Like based on his past decisions, um, mm-hmm. now I think he'd make a ton of money off of Half Life Three, of course. But yeah. he knows what yeah. he's doing too. Like he, oh uh, yeah, like everyone's like, "Well, I want you to do this." He's like, "Well, no, I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do it." <laughs> no. I don't think I will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, and I think, I think he's definitely got like he is into VR for sure, obviously, and he's like, oh, we yeah. are investing in this, and this is what we're going to do. And yeah. if you don't like that, it's too bad. He that's it's the future. He's like, it's, it's my money, and I need it now. And, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I want a golden goose. <laughs> uh, so. Basically, this is uh, this is very controversial, and I will go over how we feel about this. The change in Valve's approach has also been attributed to its use of flat organization structure that the company adopted in 2012, aka nobody do anything productive. Yeah. <laughs> so, however, as Valve became its own publisher via Steam, it transitioned to a looser, flat structure. Outside of executive management, Valve does not have bosses, and the company used an open allocation system allowing employees to move between departments at will. Weird. This approach, yeah, so this approach allows employees to work on whatever interests them, but requires them to take ownership of their product and mistakes that they make, according to Newell. Newell recognized that this structure works well for some, but there are plenty of great developers for whom this is a terrible place to work. What do you guys think Wait, about say that? that? Uh, there's... So this, so basically, if you are a developer there, you are your own boss, so you have to motivate yourself. And if you screw something up that you developed, you have to take ownership over that. Oh. There, you have to. You basically like make your schedule. You make your work. You you just kind of hop around to different teams, figuring out what you want to work on next. Which, mm-hmm. just like in the real world, some people work better when they're self-employed. Yeah. Others work better when they have a boss telling them what to do. Mm-hmm. That's cr- that's, that's crazy. That's what he's basically yeah. saying. It's like that. he's like. He's like, there's plenty of like really good game developers that need someone to tell them what yeah. to do. Yeah. And there's plenty of people that can. So even with that being said, it's like, hmm. So you guys adopted this in 2012. You came out Dota 2. And then five years later, you had people make a Dota card game that no one wanted. So obviously, there's some sort of disconnect. And you guys were just like screwing around with house money and doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Oh, just I like, bet they got I'll work hammered on. for that. I, I feel like this type of like work environment is a good idea mm-hmm. but on paper on, no no even just as is i just think it needs a mm-hmm. couple tweaks i think there needs to be a yeah. couple people or maybe just one person who goes around to the different teams spends some time with them to like help them collect their thoughts help them like figure mm-hmm. out kind of what the projects are going to be like a project manager yeah, just kind of like a project manager but like Somebody that Valve trusts or a couple people that Valve trusts to help like mold ideas together. Because if mm-hmm. you're working with 15, 20 people, have you ever worked in a group project? 
it's yeah. frustrating. Everybody has their own opinions yeah. on what it should be. Yeah. Right. And especially if no one has a boss right. and everyone's just doing whatever they want. And if everybody's technically on the same level, like you can't do something over somebody else. Like there's nobody yeah. to be like, oh, this is what you should do. That's a good idea. That's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I feel like Dota, Dota, um, our artifact is basically the product of nobody looking that at that and going, this is a trash idea. <laughs> yeah. And we're five yeah, because- years too late. Yeah, because it's like, wait a second. I don't know when Hearthstone came out. I think it was like 2015, 2016, yeah. something like that. It's been out for a while. But I know that this came out several years after, and this is a pay, like a buy-to-play game, not a free-to-play game. And when you want to play online competitively, you have to pay like a dollar per match. Yeah. It's so like, stupid. who, who <laughs> ever thought in their mind that this was a good... It's like, I hope that Gaben's like... He's like, all right, to the guillotine, let's That's go. I'm walking the, over there. The, the boss is just sitting there sweating at his desk after the release, and he has a cup of water, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> like Jurassic Park. He's like, <laughs> Gabe makes him put on a VR headset, and he like virtually executes it. <laughs> Time to test out the new and see how realistic it feels. So uh this is this is after after this whole structure and everything, and basically them just like not doing anything for five years after yeah. Dota. Uh, Valve employees interviewed in the uh, in the documentary report that these products were started and either canceled or transitioned to other games during this period. Among these sequels, Half-Life 3 got trash, Left 4 Dead 3 got trash, and a Dark Souls-like combat game called RPG. Can you imagine if Valve actually oh made God. like a Dark Souls-like so cool. dude, game? It'd be so good. It's like, dude, even, even if it was something mixed between, like, a Dark Souls-type game in the Half-Life universe, like, The Surge could be so cool. Yeah, I want them to just make an like, RPG. Ma- I want something that'd be so yeah. cool. Well, well, imagine imagine The Surge with an actual, like, good, like, Half-Life or Portal-type story. Yeah. Like, that would actually be sick. So, now we're in 2015 to the present day. And this is basically kind of wrapping up their history. And then we get to get to the fun, fun giant bombs. So... Uh, Valve announced the Source Engine 2 in March 2015, and they ported Dota 2 to that in September. I know they also ported um, basically uh, Counter Strike Go into that as well, which caused Still like weird like issues. Yeah, it caused like, like weird issues. I don't. I mean, it, it runs I don't know. well, but there's so many weird idiosyncrasies from those games mm-hmm. that it's yeah. it's not there's... a new game engine. It's They're the specific to Source Engine games too like it's very strange and i know that like john will tell you this too when we were playing counter-strike source there'd be some versions when the game would get updated and then you go play the game and you're like now the game feels very well like they like what they what did they do ui like when you kill someone there was a new ui would appear and i think it was like stuff they use in team fortress 2 whenever they Mm -hmm. did that it changed the whole game because knife fights were different like like we wouldn't we wouldn't win knife fights anymore because they changed something with that like the, how the hitboxes yeah. work and stuff. They like there was a lot of updated weird the stuff code. that in that game that ruined it. They actually kind of ruined the game for us. Yeah. So basically, I know we kind of talked about it just a minute ago. In 2016, when they actually released the HTC Vive, uh, it wasn't it was somewhat successful, but it was you know just like John said, there wasn't really anything. There wasn't you know when a new console comes out, you have a console seller. Like there wasn't a cons- there wasn't a VR headset seller because there was nothing on the market. It was yeah. just all like gallery shooters is pretty much you know when you go on your phone and you can download temple run temple run and angry birds like 
it's basically those like kind of garbo games for like the vr it's like really cool but i'm not going to spend like hundreds yeah. of hours playing this and it's also not worth the 800 dollars price tag to like play this crap <laughs> yeah uh, so um this is one thing that is really interesting too it seems like they hopefully are like possibly turning things around so in 2018 uh, valve acquired the independent developer campo santo and they're known for the game firewatch and I haven't actually played this game, but I it's, know it's that supposed it's supposed to be very good. It's supposed to be very good, like highly story, uh, rated. Story-driven, like artistic game, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, Campo Santo actually were planning on making their own games under Valve, and they still are working underneath them, but Valve pulled them into working uh, for on Half-Life Alex, which we're getting to soon. In 2018, Valve released Artifact. I know I already said that, but this is when they actually release it. So I didn't know this, that they actually designed the game with the creator of Magic the Gathering. The creator of Magic the Gathering actually helped them design Artifact. Interesting. Uh, He's probably so the Artif reason it got messed up then. Yeah. Artifact had unusual pay-for mechanics to acquire new cards and did not draw a large player base, losing 95% of the players months after release. Yep. And it's at an all-time low, too. I think it only has a couple hundred people playing it. Yeah, because no one because it's uh, nobody wants to play it. And yep. I did read something. I don't know if I... Okay, yeah. So this is what... Valve said that in March 2020, they were working to reboot the game, eliminating elements such as a pay for mechanics to add, to address complaints. Took talking about making free to play and getting ready of getting rid of all the stuff. I'm like, I don't know why it's taking you guys this long to figure that yeah. out. Wow. Like that's some that's a that's like a one month after like if your player base drops from like, you know, a cup like 100,000 people to like four people, then something's wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. I don't know. We've already we've crapped on artifact enough. Like it's basically Magic the Gathering, like pay to win loot boxes, opening card packs in real life, but JPEGs that you don't get to keep. Yeah, the I guess the only kind of caveat you have is you, there's not really any. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about Valve shutting down artifact servers because it doesn't cost them yeah. anything to run <laughs> to host artifact yeah. servers. If you're one of those like five people that still plays the game and you like it, good for you. I'm like, I'm email me. Have you have you played Hearthstone? Going. It's probably way better. Oh yeah. yeah. Have you played Gwent or any other like yeah, any, card games? Anything There's like else a million of them now. Better than this card game. Yeah. <laughs> Solitaire <laughs> on your PC. <laughs> Gabe and helped develop <laughs> Solitaire for Windows <laughs> back in the day. Um. So, I actually didn't know. I know that Vive came out in 2016, but I didn't know that it was only three years that the Index came out. So in 2019, uh, the Valve Index came out, and I know it's been back ordered for forever, mm -hmm. especially this year. Yeah. But supposedly this is like the pinnacle of vr right now and finally finally in march of 2020 after several failed attempts to develop further half-life projects valve relief released half-life alex a vr game valve felt there was a main for a large-scale vr game and found that half-life best suited vr wow no you don't think <laughs> Basically, what happened is like, oh man, we've already invested so much resources in this VR headset. We have to make something like some big name game to like push the launch, push the sale of like all these VR headsets that we made, right? Yeah. Which the thing is now is like, hey, Half Life Alex is a like VR system seller. Yeah, you know what is. I mean? Like it is, it is the pinnacle of VR pretty much. And it's like, the only game that John didn't download when he had his VR headset. Yeah. 
He I, he bought and played almost every other VR game that there is, except Half Life Alex. Yeah, and I I I honestly think about it, and I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it as much because it's the same. They're all the same thing to me. It's all the, the VR yeah, games. They're all the same thing. It's just it would have been a cool story. Yeah. And if aren't didn't we yeah. read somewhere a long time ago they're planning on making that game for regular PC release at some point? I could have sworn we. I don't know. People so. people have modded it. People have modded it very jankily to work not on VR. But it's going to be a while before anything like that happens. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think Valve is ever going to put it out not VR because it's a VR specific yeah. game. Like it needs it needs to be a you know it's that's one thing selling their hardware. It's why Nintendo doesn't release Mario for Xbox because yeah. they want to sell Nintendo's. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, yeah. So the only other thing I know we skipped around a little bit. The only other thing that Valve has actually come out with is Dota Underlords, which is another Dota type game and we did play yeah, this i actually played this when it came out and uh there's a couple things it's basically a uh mod called auto chest that was that happened with uh the original dota game mm-hmm. and basically it's just like a chessboard, and you get random dota characters and you put them on a chessboard, and they just kind of fight other people you have like eight other people you're playing against and they just kind of auto battle like you don't have to do anything so it's actually like a really nice it's actually a really nice like tablet or even like can be yeah. phone game. But I feel like tablet or PC is kind of like the preferred platform. And, um, you know, League of Legends has their own. They have team fight tactics like everybody has their own. There's another game just called Auto Chess, which is just like a straight rip of everything else. You know, it became its own little like weird subgenre, like in the middle of 2019 It's very weird. Um, the one thing I would say about Dota Unwords that I thought was really cool is that I was at John's house. He was on his Surface. I was on my iPad, and I could invite him to a party, and we could play like that right really away. And that was like that was like a day or two after the game launched, and I was like, wow, that that connectivity is the reason why games can be successful like very yeah. easily. Mm-hmm. And Valve like crushed that, or they hired someone to crush that. <laughs> <laughs> so, with all that being said. We are now caught up to 2020. We are now at the end, but but wait, there's more. We're going to quickly knock out these zingers, and then we have a couple of questions, and then we're going to end this super long episode. How do you guys feel about Valve so far? Before, before we like bathe in the gloriousness of like what was 2012 after Counter-Strike Go and maybe Dota 2 relaunched, like, I think... From 1996, going from a like a straight run of like 1996 launching a brand new studio to 20, 2012, and then your studio or your development team slash platform is making four billion dollars, like you know, a year or two billion, whatever it is, and coming after like home run after home run after home run franchises, like that's gotta that's gotta be. I feel like almost how like Intel and Nvidia have been like you're on such a like euphoric like high because you've just been crushing it for so long and like dominating the market where you're probably at some point you probably like are surrounded by kind of like yes men you know like you can do no wrong because you haven't ever failed at anything you know I what do you guys think I think the company is great and they've made decisions that haven't been smart but they are making so. They he had turned a game development company into a service for people and has made mm-hmm. more money doing that than he could ever have imagined. Now yeah. um I think they're in a fantastic spot, for one. As a business, they're doing everything right. Like genius. Yeah. As a game development yeah. studio, 
they're headed in the right direction with Half-Life Alex, even though it was a spit in face, like spitting in the face of all of us who are Half-Life fans who, you know, that mm-hmm. didn't want to play VR games or whatever. Yeah. You know, because when they came out, none of us had VR headsets. And it was like, seriously, like we've all been waiting forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and at, so like as, as a business, you know, 10 out of 10, they're doing everything right. As a game development company, yeah. I would give them like a six or a five out of ten, just because they're dragging and like artifact. And then they came out half with Alex, which is supposed to be a great game. But mm-hmm. I, they, they've made such good games that the potential for them to make more good games is there. They're just not doing it, or if they are doing it, they're just taking yeah. their time. Which to me, it's crazy because it's like as far as I personally am concerned, like they really haven't made a game that I want to play since. Counter Strike Go came out in 2012. Yes, so it's exactly. Been, yep. I mean, don't get don't get me wrong. Like Counter Strike Go still gets updates. They get you know like their battle pass and like skins and all that stuff. We'll get into that in a second. But they haven't done anything. I mean, yes, they keep upgrading the platform, and I really appreciate that. But I'm trying to look at them more as a developer than just like Steam the platform. Yeah. Because like Steam the platform is great. I like it. You know, I have most of my game library on there, everything. But as a game developer, you haven't released anything in eight years that I can play. You released a you released Half Life Alex, which is great for those like you know three percent of people that can afford VR and actually enjoy it and play it, you know. And it's like, oh, this is like the pinnacle of VR. It's like, great. That's like the niche of the niche of the niche market that can enjoy and that. I want to throw this in there too because you know I bought that VR headset, and what you said is very important for VR headsets mm-hmm. who yeah. can afford them for one, which they're cheaper now, mm-hmm. so more people can afford them. Yeah. But enjoy them is another thing. Just because, yeah it looks cool does not mean you're going to enjoy them. I got that yeah, VR yeah. headset and I did not like it and I sent it back and I got my money back. And yeah, I tried different stuff. I gave it a chance. It is cool. It's definitely cool, but that coolness factor definitely starts wearing off. And yeah, almost immediately. And, and what I mean is like a lot of these games play exactly the same to me. Like The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. all these shooting games are very, very similar in how they play. Like yeah. it's not a different style. Like they're all exactly the same. And they may have a different kind of story and stuff, but it's still like, you know, I'm just swiping my hands to hit something or, you know, it, I don't mm-hmm. know, it's hard to explain, but it, to me, it was just a lot. Of, and when I looked at Half-Life Alex, I'm like, I'm going to be doing the same thing. It's just going to be a different story. It's just, just, a, just a better story. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. And, yeah, exactly. And, you know, the YouTube and Netflix is fun to watch and everything, but it's still, it's like, is it worth me keeping a headset for that? No. And yeah, that fun factor i would i would recommend to anybody who is wanting to get one to try somebody else's first if you can and not go based on like your initial reaction because that wears off that can wear off not everybody feels that way like there's still cool games on there. star wars i didn't play any of the star wars games either because i had to buy those off of oculus itself yeah so Mm -hmm. um steam was safe because i could download it and get a refund which is what i did but Keep yeah. that in mind that just because you can afford it doesn't mean it's going to be fun for you. And well, and I think the amount of people that I know that have VR headsets and I never see them or hear them using them is like a pretty good litmus test. Like, oh, it's really cool. And I enjoyed it when I got it. And like I use it every once in a while. But it's not like when I come home from work, the last thing I would do is put on a VR headset and start you know playing yeah. beat saber or something and like going ham like i want to sit down on my computer and do nothing and like yeah. sit down put on youtube or like you know play a game that's not like stressful talk to my friends or whatever it's like i'm not 
like jack I, you know we haven't gotten to the point where we're the matrix where i'm like jacking in you know screws on the back of my neck xlr cable yeah. and you know like like i we're not there and i don't think that's gonna ha- i don't know if that will happen in my lifetime like i kind of hope it doesn't you know and if it does it's not gonna be for me like i enjoy like sitting and playing on my computer and like doing this and then i can get off my computer and be done like you know that way if i you know i can i hear something i can go check it out i got you know maybe someone's robbing me and i have no clue because i'm it, playing Beat i'll Saber. be honest it is freaky wearing that thing and just standing in my living mm-hmm. room and i hear a noise and i have to like look out of the bottom of the headset that's <laughs> like because now i can just be like oh what's behind me cool someone's robbed someone's yeah, robbing exactly. me and running at me and the VR headset, I have to be like, huh? And then I'm already... <laughs> you're like, whoa. Dead. And you're dead already. Yeah. Okay, Dakota. How do you feel about Vav as a whole? I think they're a good company. They've done a lot of really good things. And, you know, every company has a couple blunders, which we'll get into. Uh, one mm-hmm. of which, the Steam Machine, I want to touch on because I know the way to fix it. Ooh, okay. So... Uh, we can jump into our what I titled failed projects quickly. So I just put Half Life Three. Where yeah. are you? Where are you at Half Life Three? Where are you hiding? We've I talked want, about it many me. times, but they yeah. they make so much money now that they could come out with Half Life Three. It couldn't live up to people people's expectations, but they would still mm-hmm. sell an, like millions of copies. And then that would be done. Well. Would, we made it. It's done. Don't exactly. ask us about it anymore. It's gone. Right. It's done. Well, I think, and I think what they should do if they're if they're smart. I know we've talked about this before. Like release Half Life Three or Half Life Two Episode Three, whatever you want to do it. Yeah. And if people have Half Life Episode One and Two on their account, just give it to them for free. Right. You like it's a win win because there's tons of people that have Steam accounts that don't have them, and they would have to pay you know twenty bucks, thirty bucks, whatever you want to sell it for, and all you would basically almost instantly be back in good graces with everybody that's been waiting for thirteen years to play your they freaking don't game. Make it for V. <laughs> well and also oh, people no, can't would. really complain about something that they got for free exactly you know i mean unless you yeah. waste their time which i don't think you, they yeah. would they would still make a really no. good game it just doesn't live up to the you know 15 year hiatus uh yeah. that we've had but you know yeah. if they got a free game that had like i don't know seven eight hours of story content more of half-life series like people would be like yeah, this is really good. It just wasn't everything that I wanted it to be because nothing could live up to that. Yeah, but it was free. What if, what if they're just like what if they just made a, a game and pop out said Freeman a Half Life card game? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, okay, talk about the Steam Machine. Okay, so I'm gonna go over the notes that you have here just so people know what they were. They're pretty, and then pretty I will good. point out why they failed and what they needed to do to fix it. This has been. Right like a passion of mine to fix this product because I believe so much in this product and I saw how Mm -hmm. they screwed it up. Um, So the steam machine uh, was an idea that valve had Newell had been critical of the direction that Microsoft has taken or had taken uh, with making windows a closed architecture, similar to how Apple products are uh, and has stated that he believes that the changes made in windows eight are a catastrophe for everyone in the PC space. So that kind of scared him. Um, and from other interviews, uh, he was pretty terrified of the direction Windows was going, which is why they've been putting so much effort into the Linux version of Steam and figuring mm-hmm. out how to get Linux games to work better, um, mm-hmm. where they have that new emulation 
a layer or program called Proton for Linux, which uh, basically yeah. makes Windows games playable on Linux. And sometimes they play better on Linux because it turns off like background processes for Windows. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool software. But anyway, the first version of like trying to detach themselves from uh, Microsoft Windows. was in 2012. Valve announced that they were working on a console slash PC hybrid for the living room, dubbed by the media as the Steam Box. Uh, mm-hmm. In May 2014, I, what's up? No, no, I was gonna say I remember this, and I, we were, I was like super. Hyped. I was so I was like, excited. This, I was like, dude, this is gonna be awesome because it's like I have my computer, but like if I play most of the stuff on Steam, I could like you know almost like buying a console. I could buy a console yep. specifically for that. Yep. You know, and that's like I still have my computer for everything else. If but if it's like, hey, kind of like how the new if 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 you could sell me the Xbox or PS5 hardware for five hundred bucks as a Steam machine that would just connect me to Steam mm-hmm. yeah. and that type of hardware, I'd be like, sweet, yeah, that's five that's worth five hundred bucks. Exactly. It's like way and it's and it's compact and it's I can portable and like grab it. I'm like, what? And I can take my little Xbox mini fridge wherever I want. That's but just sweet. The problem is that like software wise, because you can do that now. You can make a small form factor PC yeah, put in your Yeah, liner, exactly. But like you have to use Windows for that. And Windows yeah, needs exactly. a mouse and keyboard to function correctly. And that's the problem. Um, In May of 2014, Valve announced that the company's own SteamOS-powered Steam machine would be delayed until 2015 due to problems with the game controller that they were making for it. Uh, Mm -hmm. But in 2015, uh, a bunch of different... So basically, Valve wanted to make a... uh, SteamOS was a Linux operating system that they wanted Mm -hmm. to make as easy to use as like whatever software uh, xbox uses and whatever software playstation mm-hmm. uses yeah stuff where it's easy to navigate with a controller it's like easy to use on a tv um mm-hmm. i don't know if how many people are familiar who are listening with a uh, big picture mode because it's super mm-hmm. hidden yeah. <laughs> in steam yeah <laughs> um but like it's a version of steam that's easy to use with a controller and they they wanted yeah. they needed to make a software like that for the steam machine yeah. to work but they were having problems with the Steam Steam OS and the controller that they were trying to make with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what they ended up doing was releasing kind of like the version of Steam OS that they had and telling a bunch of different manufacturers that make PC hardware, this is our requirements for the Steam machines. This is what we wanted to do and it needs to run this software. Mm-hmm. So in 2015, Alienware, Zotac, CyberPower PC, and like tons of other manufacturers who make PC hardware mm-hmm. Um, launched their own versions of the steam machines and by june 2016 they've only sold half a million Yuck. of those units collectively big boy <laughs> and valve never ended up releasing their own version of the steam machine mm-hmm. the problem was that these companies are used to taking pretty large margins out of their hardware sales so when mm-hmm. steam announced that they wanted to create a like competitor quote unquote to the consoles they basically screwed themselves by giving it to another person that needs to make money on top of it mm-hmm. because the steam machines ended up being like $600 over a thousand dollars for these quote unquote yeah. con- console killers, which yeah. is not what needed to happen. It needed to be, yeah, they were like crazy expensive for what they were super expensive yeah. and they were incredibly closed off because they ended up using laptop hardware, which they needed to because mm-hmm. the form factor of the machines was supposed to be small. Um, mm-hmm. And then also they started using underpowered hardware for the games that they were marketing as being playable. Uh I remember Tomb Raider 2013 was like a huge one. That's like, oh, you can play this in your living room. 
but it was running on an i3 with like a basically laptop like gtx yeah, 750 ti it's uh, like awful which was so bad you could barely play at 720p 30 fps and mm-hmm. it was playing in the living room yeah but you can play it in, yeah exactly <laughs> cinematic dude <laughs> yeah so you know hardware ended up being closed off hardware was crappy you couldn't upgrade which totally removed like the pc aspect player mm-hmm. choice it's the thing we talk about and like praise yeah. pc for um yeah and then very expensive for what it was so yeah. my solution which i have been like thinking about since these things failed mm-hmm. is you make a box right that has uh the cpu basically closed off so when you buy the buy the units they're going to basically be mm-hmm. sold by the cpu that it has in it because what's the part that you pretty much always keep in your system throughout many other upgrades it's usually your cpu right yeah you usually upgrade your ram and your, your graphics yeah. card every couple of years right yeah so you sell a unit that has like uh i don't know uh, an i5 with six cores 12 threads which is what they're selling at now right yeah. um yeah. sell it with eight gigs of ram for starters and then they can select different gpus but the GPU is like a corner of the uh, of the Steam machine that you can like pop on and off easy. So mm-hmm. for people who are scared about upgrading, it just slides in. It's just an easy unit that you can pop on and off, right? Yeah. And then on the bottom of it, you have the memory laptop memory sodium slots that you can just like easily pop in and out of your own versions mm-hmm. instead of having so, everything soldered on like it was originally. Hmm. So basically, you are working for uh, Razer and making their new moddable PC. I wish. Razer also had a ton of these projects that fell through because they couldn't like mm-hmm. figure out how to make it work. No, well, you've seen their new one, right? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I've seen version. Yeah, it's like it's not gonna it's work. Like twenty. It's like twenty five hundred dollars for a like tiny form factor PC. Well, it's, they just announced it like a week ago. Yeah, it's using Intel's new like version of the NUC basically. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. It's not going to do well cuz it has the same problem. Yeah. It's over it's overpriced and the companies are trying to take huge margins. That's I when I saw that, it, like the first thing I thought of was Steam Machine. I was like, "Oh, it's just a new Steam Machine by Razer and it's going to be terrible." It's going to be it's like, like 2 eight, to $3,000. It's like Yeah, it's like I think it's $2400 for like the base model. Yeah. And it's like cool, so that's like Fourteen hundred dollars too expensive. Yeah, pretty neat. Yeah. Um, okay. So yes, Steam Machine came out was a, like I thought it was really cool when it came out. Like the idea was really cool. It was a giant failure. Yeah, and then it got to the point where I'm like, wait, what is happening? It's like you they finally like, oh, we're launching him, and then you see the price, and I'm like, this is a tiny PC with an i3, and it's eighteen hundred dollars yeah. by Zotac. I'm like, what are you <laughs> yeah. talking about? Are you crazy? Anyways, that was a big mess. Uh, we'll skip the HTC Vive because we were talking about it a bunch. The Steam controller. Do all, do both of you guys have I Steam do. controllers? Yeah, still in the box. Okay, I, I, I do, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited when the Steam controller came out because I was like, finally, like a controller made for like PC gamers because it's like, you know, we can use an Xbox or 60 controller, which is like probably what most people use. And I like, I use, I like a PS4, PS3 controller. And I was like, finally, like a controller that's like meant to be played with like PC games. I was like, because don't get me wrong, I love keyboard and mouse for like almost everything, but like, you know, racing games, platform stuff, it just, it feels better in control because it's, you know, the developers had in mind to play the game with a controller instead of a mouse and keyboard. Yeah. You know, if you're using WSAD and not, you don't really have your eight directions like you do on an analog stick, and like some games like really struggle with that. Yeah. Right? So the Steam controller came out, 
And then when I got it, I was very confused by what was happening. And I felt like, oh, it's an original Xbox controller. This thing's massive. It's like Shaq's controller. What are they called? The, <laughs> the du- Duke. The Duke. The Duke. Yeah, that's how I felt when I first got the, pulled it out. And I was like, this is a big boy. Holy <laughs> moly. Um, so it did have a couple of cool features. It came out in November 2015. I got one, I think, half off, like 25 bucks on Amazon. And it had it had uh, like really cool features that I liked. Um like tons of customization. Like if you want a controller that you can customize to literally anything, I mean, now they even have support. You can customize it to, um, I think as of 2019, there's a software update. You can customize it to be like a Switch Pro controller, which is oh, crazy. Wow. Okay. You can basically like, it means, hey, I guess you can emulate stuff on your PC and you can play whatever you want with a Steam controller. That's awesome. Um, so it did have a really cool, instead of having a, um, a second like, joystick on the right or like buttons it had a like like almost like a trackpad for your finger and it was really weird because it actually was pretty good and you could like aim pretty precise with it if you were pretty good at it i'm not that good at it obviously so i don't use it that much but i do remember a couple of features that i liked that were cool whereas like when you're turning the controller on you could set like a custom like sound to play and then when you turn it off it played like the game over sound from team that's Fortress awesome. 2, which i thought was really cool like like the game was over and that's like <laughs> when the controller's turning off it's like that's really the only thing i remember from the steam controller but those two things like stood out to me because it's like that's something that's like so simple but it's like so memorable yeah like in the time that it happened you know what do you guys think about the steam controller? i've never used it i think i unboxed it and i never plugged it in <laughs> i have no idea i never opened the box I just remember they when they were trying to uh, get rid of stock, they were mm-hmm. selling a bundle of like two crappy games with a one cent mm-hmm. addition to get the controller yeah, sent to I you. think I bought mine for a dollar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I added it on and then immediately refunded the other two games and they still sent me the controller. That's awesome. So I for bought the controller for like, I th- I honestly think it was a do- like a cent. I, d- and I didn't pay shipping either. <laughs> they, paid to, they paid to give it to me. Which is crazy because if you don't ever open it and just keep it for a while, it'll be like a relic of the past. Dude. Keep right. it in like mint condition. Like it might actually be worth something down the road. Who knows? I like, also got the Steam, Steam Link the same way, which we'll talk about. Yeah. yeah. Which hey, and now we're getting yeah, we'll go right into that. The Steam Link was the thing that was supposed to come out basically alongside. It came out with the Steam controller, and pretty much what this was is uh, Amazon Fire Stick made by Steam. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Now. Now, there is uh, a lot of really cool features that I, I think the Steam Link worked. It's basically like, hey, go in your living room, plug this into your TV, and you can play Steam on your TV in your living room. The downside is is that uh, working with that thing with Wi-Fi was awful. It was yeah. so bad. It needed the, to be plugged the, in. It had to be plugged into Ethernet, and it almost needed to just be like plugged into your computer, <laughs> which kind of defeats the entire purpose of it. Um really cool idea bad execution i also have that and it's been in its box like since the get-go because it like it works but it doesn't work so like if you're playing a game and it has like a hundred millisecond delay it feels bad it just feels really bad it's like i feel like i'm playing a console game on a pc platform it's really another thing i bought i never tried yeah (laughs) i feel like that's the majority of people like i've never heard someone like oh i love my steam link i use it all the time it's like no i have one and it's it's my closet exactly when you ask somebody like like, do you have a steam link i'm like yeah i never opened it (laughs) the only person that i know actually uses their steam controller is uh spikes in the discord oh yeah but 
he he's 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 six foot four six foot five and he has massive hands so it like the duke steam controller actually probably feels comfortable to him instead of like a tiny controller so he actually he likes it but he also uses windows 8 which gabe newell (laughs) called a catastrophe and a train wreck yeah so take that with a grain of salt uh one thing that's cool about the steam link is that they're no longer making steam links they discontinued them but they are providing the Steam Link software so people can make a Raspberry Pi, which will probably run way incredibly better because yeah. there's a mini computer. And you can download the Steam Link software to the Raspberry Pi and basically just make your own Steam Link, Neat. which that's pretty much what a Steam Link was anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's just a, you know, a closed source yeah. uh, Raspberry Pi. You can talk about this thing because we don't need to skip. We can skip that one. Yeah. That put, so like in, yeah. in the past... It, Steam has run into a lot of skin gambling controversies as well as mod controversies about trying to get paid ones. Well, we've already drawn this out pretty long. We don't have to go over them. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. every single time that there has been an issue where the community has brought up like a huge uproar about this stuff, Steam has backed down, which is yeah. crazy to think that this company who makes $4 billion a year basically mm-hmm. will back down so that players still like them. Or, or um, yeah. that their users still like consumers. They, if yeah. there's one thing, they they're smart. Like they, yeah, they might make every company makes bad decisions. Like you said earlier, right. every company does things that don't work. But they know that they have a player base as like you know a, a game selling company and mm-hmm. like all like their whole service. <clears throat> and like, and you're right. Like when they know when to back down, they know when to stop, and they've done that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's like you're saying, like, what company has ever, like, I've never heard of a company being like, hey, we got these controllers. They work fine, but we just don't want them anymore. We're done with them. Here's a dollar. Give us a dollar and we'll give it to you. Like, we'll give it to you. Yeah, Yeah, because we're just getting rid of them. We're not going to go throw them in landfill with with that. Hey, just just, just (laughs) get this little pack. We're going to give it to you for a cent. Like, just we've got to get rid of them. (laughs) Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with them. Like, they're they're just discontinued, like, you know. Gabe just like swimming through his house, his mansion, Steam controllers and Steam Link. I'm like, please take this from my house. I can't move anymore. Just well, trying yeah. to get to the cake, dude. Honestly, it was probably cheaper to pay to ship it somewhere than it was to pay yeah. to keep it Store in a it. warehouse. Stored yeah. in a giant warehouse. Yeah, pretty much. So, with all of this being said, we are already running incredibly long and we want to be done with this episode. Um, uh, we have two questions for the show, but we are going to do them next week because that that episode will probably be a lot shorter. But three real quick questions for you guys, which we probably have already answered. Uh, do you think the company is in a good spot? Yes, for the most part, they're they're they make yeah. a lot of money. They're in a good spot. Yeah. Uh, as a as a distributor and a digital platform, yes. As a game development studio, that, yeah. no. They're doing a terrible job as a game developer. I agree. Yes. That, yeah, that's, as that's a, a yeah as a game developer, they're like garbage. <laughs> they haven't made a game since 2012, as far as I'm yes, concerned. Agreed. Um, where will the company go from here? Do you guys I, think? I go sorry. ahead, John. <laughs> I, I, I mean, there's there's no like end in sight for them stopping Steam the way it is. I know like uh, no. the Epic Game Store is really trying to get them to back down from their thirty percent, and they're not doing that. So, um, yeah. yeah, I've always been one to think that you know you have a right as a distributor to charge what you want. That's why like everyone was like, oh, it's wrong what Apple does. It's like, well. Then don't buy Apple phones or don't use Apple. Right. Like it's Apple yeah. and Samsung. You have to use one of them. Yeah. Or Google, I guess. But it's yeah. like just if, if Apple wants to charge you fifty percent for using a thing, they're gonna do it. That's their right. You're using yeah. their device. Yeah. And they're like they're like, oops, so sorry. I'm, oops. I'm not a fan of Apple, oops. but I don't I that's how I that like they have to I would charge somebody too. Hey. 
So Steam, Steam yeah. doing that, Epic Game Store being like, oh, we, you're charging too much. It's like, may, maybe, but I mean, that's their right. Like, they have the most successful... Try to stop they me. They have the most successful PC gaming store, so they can do whatever whatever they yeah. want. And yeah, exactly. and nobody else has been complaining, so whatever. I don't know. Um, yeah. Except for the Ooblets developers. God, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> They're doing just totally fine on Epic, um, <laughs> where they mm-hmm. can stay. Uh, so yeah, forever. I'm hoping rest in pepperonis. I really hope I they're going to continue with their store or whatever. That's its own thing. I'm really hoping with the game development they continue to to keep on going and come out with some new stuff because they've killed it in the past with with some good games, and it's disappointing to see that they're just not doing that. <laughs> uh- I really, I really hope that Half Life Alex is a like critical turning point for the company to realize that like, hey, you know what? We want to because I know they have said, and there was like there was like kind of rumor thing of them saying, <laughs> of them saying that they want to develop a new game or like a new Half Life game or several other Half Life games that aren't VR. Like they have plan supposed plans to do that, right? So I think that. If they use this as a springboard to like, hey, this was successful as a VR as an experiment, we can keep making VR stuff. But you know what? Maybe we should make Team Fortress 3. Maybe we should make Portal 3. Maybe we should make these other games that people have been like desperately wanting from us for a long yeah. time. And I, I think I think that they're making so much money that they haven't been worried about it. But they're also I think that they don't really have to spend that much money to like make so much money so as as what you're saying like as a business it makes sense to not take any risk why would you take mm-hmm. the risk for no no technically reward but at some point you're gonna you know at some point is, you've made so much money does it matter yeah give the fans what they want i right? mean the the most popular games the best-selling game uh grand theft auto 5 costs mm-hmm. like half half a billion dollars to make yeah. in market basically mm-hmm. yeah Valve yeah. makes that in two months, like yeah, and that game took seven years to make or something like that. Yeah. Like it literally doesn't matter how much they fail on game development, they're still yeah. making crap tons of money, and it's not going to yeah. stop anytime no. soon. So just it's experiment. Like, yeah, well, yeah, but when you're experimenting, don't make artifact. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing: they they experimented, they made it. We didn't react well to it, and mm-hmm. like that's it. It, it goes away it becomes a meme but they're still mm-hmm. making money it's not like they lost respect <laughs> yeah. yeah we just laugh yeah. about it and move on yeah it's crazy so out of one out of ten what would you guys give give valve and this is very important this is not steam this is not the digital this is valve the company like as a whole I'd like over still give everything them a you nine today. out of ten i think just okay. because they they literally make so much money and they're still pretty decently pro consumer mm-hmm. i'm gonna say yeah. an 8.5 i agree with everything dakota said i'm gonna just give it a half a point lower just because i want more games but <laughs> but you can't argue they, they make money i mean it's a business business is business i mean price price is yeah, right rules I mean, they, nine point one. Right. i'm just kidding no matter, no matter how angry you are that they're not making games they're they're doing just fine so yeah yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna split that in half and do like an eight point seven five <laughs> and do that <laughs> and do that. Uh, yeah, I'd be I'd probably give them anywhere between an eight and a half to a nine. Like even as a developer, me I grew up playing all of their games. Like and that's 
pretty much most of their games would be make my top 10 like best pc games of all time you know the half-life series portal half-life 2 like basically kind of changed my life and how i saw how what video games can be and not just like oh i go shoot everything it's like there's actual story here and like development like video games are art guys they're art right they are and and i'll tell you what playing playing shooters and stuff growing up and a lot of counter strike and everything the minute you pick up a gravity gun and you pick up a saw blade and shoot it through a zombie and it cuts them in half your life yeah. changes i don't care who you are <laughs> and it's like and the fact that you can do that and you know, obviously later on you can like pick up people and just like toss them and stuff you're like whoa this is like neo in the matrix you're like holy moly this is crazy yeah <laughs> you're like you know, and I hope I hope that with, you know, with Cyberpunk just launching, I hope people get that kind of feeling whenever they figure out how to optimize their game. I hope <laughs> they get some of those kind of same feelings that like I got from playing Half-Life. But uh, it's just it's just crazy. The amount of over the years, the amount of times that they've had success that I personally appreciate. And I mean, I still play Counter-Strike. We play Counter-Strike Go. We played Counter-Strike Go the other day. You know, we've and we played Team Fortress 2 the other day. Yeah. I played Portal like a couple months ago. It's like it's they've they have such a huge long track record and history of success and like being pro consumer and like doing the right thing that even if they haven't done anything in the past eight years it's easy to forgive them because they have been doing things you know with steam and other stuff they haven't and they, hey they've made mistakes and they've like had failures just like every other company does but because they haven't done anything that's like egregiously like it makes me angry they've just been experimenting because they're like hey we have like fu money let's just do whatever yeah. that we want yeah. you know and the fact that they have absolutely no structure <laughs> in their business apparently that's that's the only thing i'd probably take a point off because it seems like if it seems like if you got someone to be project manager of like different teams and they actually started pushing out games again then it's like, dude, you guys have enough money that you could hire entire teams to actually just make games and not have anything to do with Steam. Yeah. And just and just print more money and actually become a game development studio again, where now they're just a platform. Yeah. It's like Valve. Like when you think Valve, you don't think games. You think Steam. And I yeah. get it too that like they, you know, the whole like profit loss thing. You, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense Risk for them reward. to invest in video games when it's only going to make them like couple hundred million and they make a billion off of steam i get that but it's also like you are still the company that has set the standard for so many genres and Mm -hmm. you just did it again with half-life alex for vr like that's the new standard for vr at this Mm -hmm. moment Mm -hmm. like don't don't forget your roots just because you made it you grew the just because the tree grew don't forget the seed that you planted exactly there's so many times they've done that and they're still capable of doing it because they still have gabe as like the 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 head honcho there yeah you know as long as he gives his like good grace on a project Mm -hmm. it's chances are it's going to be good except for artifacts artifacts the crazy <laughs> lunatic with a chainsaw or looking for the tree to chop it down yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah john where can people find us this episode has yes. been too long already you can find us at pcmarcast.com and all our stuff's on there everywhere you can watch or listen not, not really watch i guess but listen to us uh and then you can e- you can watch us listen to talk yes. to each other and then uh you can email us there's a, there's a contact form at the bottom and like I said, we, we are uh, like uh, Josh said, we got a couple questions. We'll do it next time, but uh, keep them coming. And uh, yeah. So after all of this, after this long drawn out episode, what do you what do you guys think?
You still like these developer deep dives, even though they're like, there's a man, there's a lot of info to go through, and I filtered out so uh, much stuff. I, out of this. I think they're cool. I think it's fun to kind of like, because I learned a whole bunch of stuff I had no no clue about. So it's it's yeah. cool to yeah, uh, to learn about it and talk about it and see see things like that we never even knew existed with the company. It's it's cool. I mm-hmm. I do enjoy them. I've been trying well, to think of a company to do this entire time, and all the companies I go over my head have all been killed. <laughs> <laughs> like they've all been shut down at some point. Or hey, you should just do uh, ID software. Uh, that's what that's what I kind of ended up on. Do do ID software or ID or ID? What is it called? ID. The kid called ID. That's the one you should do. <laughs> all right, we're done. Cap this. Kill it. Take it out back. <laughs> oh my god. Kind of like they should do with Artifact.